hey, psycho, hey, you're just a member of a big fucking cult where you think rectangular green bits of paper mean something, <laughs> you fucking lunatic. I'm connected to nature. I like to wander in the wilderness. I'm a free bee. <laughs> sound of the word sounds disgusting it's not even manly enough to be ice or snow slush it just sounds disgusting i was in buffalo all weekend and that's all it was just slush 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 sounds like the things you remember when uh han solo and luke Skywalker were at the bottom of that trash pit and it was about to cave in on them and there was some like monster at the bottom of it Grabbing them under. All the refuse, the, the liquid, the liquid uh, refuse that was at the bottom that little monster was swimming in. That sounds like slush. That's what slush is. I made me think of sludge, which is actually a word. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic, Skeptic Tank. I'm Ari Shafir. It's episode 153. You know what that means. Um, nothing, but Duncan Trussell is on this week, everybody, and we talk about love. Before I get started, sponsor for this week, Hulu Plus. Watch Hulu Plus. You can watch your favorite TV shows like SNL, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Shark Tank, Scandal, and you can watch every episode of shows like Lost, Law and Order, SVU, Doctor Who, and Community, except don't watch Lost because it was lame in the last two years and it just ruined everyone's ideas of it. Um, if you go right now to HuluPlus.com uh, slash Ari, you can get a two-week free trial so you can see what it's all about and then cancel if you want or not. But Hulu Plus, they're sponsoring me. Uh, like, you know how you go get Family Guy episodes? I saw a funny one recently, actually. Um, or or um, American Dad episodes, tons of stuff's on Hulu. But on Hulu Plus, you can get tons of TV shows, like the episodes that aren't free. 
uh, Hulu just has like a three or four episodes free all the time, but Hulu Plus, you can get them all. So, New Girl Scandal, go to HuluPlus.com slash Ari for your free two-week trial. And then it's only eight bucks a month after that. So, if you want to keep it, keep it for eight bucks a month. You'll see. It's all there. Thank you, HuluPlus.com slash Ari for sponsoring this. Uh, okay, so this episode, we have my friend Duncan Trussell. It's been a while since he's been on. I think the last time he was on was about Buddhism. Um, this time, we're going to talk about love. Duncan is always somebody who has found love quite easily. He's fallen in love a lot. Uh, he's gone from zero to 60. He goes from zero to you have my heart in no time. He's always been like that. He's always been like that, man. For a second, you're like, oh, you're talking to that girl. And then it's like, what? You're moving in with her? Jesus, Duncan. I don't know what it is. Rogan says it, that kind of behavior is because he only had a mom. His, his dad wasn't around. I disagree. But I should say I don't agree. Not disagree. I don't really have an opinion, but I just don't think it's related to that. But um, so anyway, that's what we talked about. Just like a, a, a geared uh, episode. Buffalo was fun. Denver was super fun. Um, a couple dates coming up and then fuck it. Let's just start the episode. Why wait? Why wait? Uh, so I got... Um, Chicago, February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. That should be fun. Um, and then February 27th in Los Angeles is my next Storyteller show. It's not being recorded for anything. We're just doing a live one. So far, Louis Katz is on there, and that's just me. Um, we're going to do romance as a topic. Romantic stories. But, you know, they're from comedians, so... The romance won't really be that romantic. Uh, it's on the improv website right now, or you can go to aretheGreat.com and go to the right-hand side of the page, and all my dates are on there. Um, uh, let's see if I have anything else. I believe March 8th, I might be doing a show at the improv. Just me. Stand up an hour before I leave town again. We'll see, though. Um, I think that's all I got. I'm with Rogan in Dallas and, and Duncan on uh, March 14th at some giant place. Oh, and then I just added San Jose, the San Jose Improv, March 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Uh, I'm trying to bring Kevin Christie with me, but we'll see if he doesn't have to work or not. So all those dates are available at AriTheGreat.com. Oh, and the first week of April is uh, me and Diaz in Tempe, Arizona, 3rd, 4th, 5th. Um. All right. Yeah, that's all of it. Ladies and gentlemen, shall we start? We shall. Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode. That was, by the way, that was Daniel Johnston who played us in. Daniel Johnston, I relate to fully with Duncan Trussell. He got me into him. I wouldn't have known about him without, without Duncan. So, perfect song. Perfect song for it. And then, to go out, I guess we'll play my favorite... Well, not my favorite, but one of my favorite uh, Blink songs. But it has the most to do with this topic which is love <laughs> by the way this isn't a super romantic uh idea oh it's valentine's day i would love to say i did that on purpose i would really love to say i did that on purpose but it's not <laughs> i didn't so oh, <laughs> maybe i won't call it love maybe i'll call it valentine's day yeah maybe i'll call it valentine's day nah it'll just be a special valentine's day episode of love Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode 153. By the way, Steve Simone's podcast is out, so go get it right now. It's on, it's on uh, uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Steve Simeone. Um, 
Good Times with Steve Simone. That's what it's called. I'm on the first episode. I forgot who's on the second one that just aired. Maybe running ZC. But go ahead. Support that podcast. I'm asking you guys to all support that one. Go get it. Download it. And subscribe to this podcast, everybody. All right. Oh, and my new, uh, my last storyteller show for this whole run is out on Tuesday in fucking 10 hours. Almost definitely when you hear this, it'll be out. My last story. It's my travel story. Bobby Lee makes an appearance, but in name only. He doesn't show up. Um, but he does in the story. So go to all of them. Go to YouTube and do a, and do a search. Um, this is not happening playlist. And my story will be on there. Three out of the four stories that they were good. One was just went so-so. Um, but this one was a good one. And then look at all of them and share your favorites with your friends. Share them on Facebook. Share them on Twitter. Help spread it a little bit while we work on how to figure out how to do this for television. Um, yeah, go get it. This is Not Happening presents World of Blunder from Ari Shafir. My trip to Tijuana. My first trip to Tijuana. Go get it. Go get it. Support it. Okay, here we go. Let's start the episode. Yeah, my girlfriend takes me home and I'm too drunk to drive. And she doesn't get all jealous when I hang out with the guys. She laughs at my dumb jokes when no one does. She brings me magic and throws on sombrero just because. Yeah, just because. Lazy assholes. You gotta hold it, man. You gotta walk around. Walk around, yeah. It's not, it's not. I don't like to walk. Because it's not walk-around comedy, it's stand-up comedy. Who's that? Chen? Uh, Chen, yeah. Fuck, Peter Chen. Yeah. You don't, some people sit down. You don't, it's not sit-down comedy, it's stand-up comedy. That was his class. Three parts of the jokes. Three parts of jokes. First part, set-up. Part two, set-up. Then punchline. <laughs> you really saved the second spot for setup? <laughs> set up set up punchline I think you're doing it wrong <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> he was so funny though man you were positive he was a character I, I did you know that's all I, I do the same thing that those conflict actors do or the, the people who believe in conflict actors what are conflict actors there are so a disaster happens you know that's usually outside the scope of what you could ever imagine people would do you know like somebody shoots up that like when someone went and killed all those kids at that elementary school yeah so conflict actors are it's a conspiracy theory that they're somehow hired by the government or news agencies oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. and so that just sort more than anything indicates a kind of naive person who can't accept the fact some bad thing happened. That sometimes people go so crazy they decide to shoot little kids. It's easier them from to imagine yeah. that there's an organized evil than a disorganized evil. So they assign, you know, to, so in the same way with whenever you co- I come into contact with like a crazy person, like a real character on stage, I think, oh my god, there is some chance that they're just making it up. This is just somebody who's such a brilliant comedian. That they've gone past the need for people knowing that they're yeah, doing... I was like, what about when he's off stage? He doesn't break character. You're like, no, it's brilliant. That's it. Yeah, I, that's I saw those pictures of the one, like, it was the lawyer for the guy who looks like Brendan Walsh. The guy who shot up the Aurora um, yeah, yeah, movie yeah. theater. And she, they was like, she's the same actress as was in the, the, the new Columbine, the new town shooting. You can yeah. see one of the school teachers. It's the same. And they point to both of them. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. 
They're, they're grainy they pictures. They kind of look like, the same, but they don't really look the same. Yeah. And it's just like... It's two girls with black hair. The problem with it is like, okay, so let's imagine that they're right. There is an organized evil in the, in the world that is so potent and powerful that it's actually doing these things to lead the country to some place where all the weapons are taken away and everyone loses power. Yeah. But they don't have enough money to hire separate people. <laughs> yeah. It's such poor, like, reasoning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what, do you get her twice under the same contract? You can't just... what? Look, we got to save money here. We're the, we may be the Illuminati, but, but money doesn't grow on trees. Maybe it's just like a casting director for all that stuff, and they just don't tell you, like, if you've ever worked before, do not do this. And like, well, you changed my name, right? So we can just do it again. Don't tell him I'm not union. The casting director for the Illuminati. I'd love to meet that guy. He's the guy who hired Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. Excellent work. Excellent work. You're hired. Here's Bin Laden, and then he also makes extra money by doing the IBM spots. <laughs> he does Sierra Mist commercials as well. Um, yeah, this is a cool place, man. Thanks. Four months. It's pretty massive. The house? Yeah. It's a big house. Yeah. Right by the train tracks. That's Love nice. It. There's nothing better than when you're in a lonely mood and a train blows off in the distance. It is in the distance. It's not going to wake you up. No, it's just rom- it's just this romantic train whistle. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, lo- I love it here. Um, four months. Hey, um, I saw Escajeda. How's she doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I saw her in a commercial. Yeah, she's been in a couple of them lately. Yeah. She's doing well at it. She's got a kid. That's so cool, man, that she had a kid and then, you know, is still booking commercials and working and keeping a career going. Yeah. Because a lot of people are afraid that if they have a kid, then everything is like just vanishes into. A lot of people have a legitimate fear that that's yes. going to happen it's the same thing that people have that a lot of comedians have a fear that if they get too happy yeah or if they feel at peace in the world then the comedy dries up oh yeah 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 Diaz said he didn't want to quit coke for a long time because it was gonna ruin his comedy yeah it's so funny because it's like if if there were demons yeah <laughs> yeah and they could whisper in your ear and tell you shit to keep you from being a better person they would definitely say, yes, but you will lose the thing you love most. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what they'd hold against you. You're absolutely right. Dude, that's such a fear of like, we have no real understanding of what we're doing. This is my theory that comedy, like people get upset in front of comedy bookers, not upset, nervous in front of like Jamie Masada or someone like that. They're like, because, um, well, we know what we're doing. We're, we're, we're like, you know, we're our own people on stage. We decide what we want to do. But then when yeah. somebody like that comes in, I was like, oh, I don't know. Because the- my theory is that we're all, we all feel like we're frauds. We're just yes. guessing at this. But those people know because they've been around comedy enough. Yeah. And they can see through it. Yeah. And all they know is that you're a fraud. If they've learned anything about comedy, then they want probably what they learned is that every comedian's a fraud. And that if, yeah. if you're surrounded by frauds and you demonstrate confidence, then you can control them. Yeah. It's like a basic, like, a basic thing. But you know what, man? I don't think that you are a fraud at all. There's just no, there's no real training where you get like a diploma where you're like, oh, now I'm. But I've never thought of you as a fraud. No, but just like acting like a real comic when they're like, oh, they know that we're not, that we're just guessing at what's funny. Right. I mean, that the, I think that's kind of the part of being a comedian is you become so supremely analytical that you get this, this, you're constantly trying, going into the, 
depths into the atomic depths of every situation. And then you inevitably apply that lens back on yourself. And the same thing that happens to the universe happens to you, which is if you look at anything close enough, you recognize that it's not real. The type of people who do this thing are that thing. And you're like, oh, I'm the type of person that does this thing. So I must be this thing I don't want to accept. Yeah. But you just, that's the whole thing, man. Not only are are you a, I mean, the, the, the idea is it's like, your personality. Yeah. Where did you get your personality quiet, from? Quiet, quiet, like, quiet. what's your personality? Where does it come from? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, events in my life, I guess. Imitation. Yeah. It comes from imitation. So you end up around. Uh, you end up around people that you respect and admire, and yeah. you begin to when you're a kid, take on these traits. And that's why, you know, when you see kids, they act like their parents because their parents are such powerful figures that they can't help but adopt the traits of their parents. Cause then also there's a genetic resonance there too. But then you get into school and you see the kids who are like the most, whatever representative of what you'd like to be. And so you start kind of taking on their qualities. And then as mm. time progresses, you become this amalgamation of qualities that you've lifted yeah. from other people. And, um, that you and, like that you like and then you refine those qualities and that refining aspect is what keeps you from being a clone it makes you your own unique thing because you've sort of picked up this way of like uh drinking a beer and this way of I wear bell bottoms we like but i do it my own way yes I wear it like a certain style that's it but yeah. still in all you're just a you're just a emptiness surrounded by um these pieces of self that you've assembled instinctually by being around people that you yeah, want to so do. we're all frauds and everything. Exactly. Hey, I think if you ever became a teacher, like when you were going to become a psychology teacher, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, you'd be the type of teach professor who would like pose a question and wait till like seven people get it wrong and then eventually someone will get it right. You're like, yes, correct. But you'll let them keep guessing and they'll all want to get your approval by guessing right. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I've never thought about that. Um, should I send my dog away? Is it bothering you? His little nails scratching on the floor? No, no, no. Okay, cool. I like dogs. I like when he licks my socks. Hey, dog. Hey, dog. Um, <laughs> what happened to your other dog? Mayor yeah, Cutie? Natasha. Yeah. She kept Mayor Cutie. Oh, she has it? Yeah. Oh, okay. She won custody. <laughs> was it a bitter dispute? <laughs> it wasn't bitter at all. I just, he was, I'm, I'm just not going to take it. Are you in the road at all anymore? No, I, well, I'm going back out, but yeah. I stopped for after my, I went on, my last tour was when my mom was dying. And, uh, and I then, knew a girl that saw you during that. Oh yeah. So she felt bad for you the whole time. <laughs> I know, man, I was in a pretty, pretty rough state, but, yeah. um, and I know that was on people's minds cause they knew that my mom was dying cause the people were there listening to my podcast and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, after that, um, after that, I, I just, I, I had to take a break because it's like, that was just such an intense moment in my life. And it was like, yeah. I can't, you can't imagine how like absolutely bizarre it is to be driving from one show to the next. And then you get on the phone with your mom and she's like, can barely talk because she's falling asleep because she's dying. Yeah. That is fucking insane. You feel like you're in like an, uh, an insane dream. Were you trying not to talk to her before sets? Like the the day of a show, like I'll call you after I'm done. I was in such a fucking like weird state that I didn't care. I just sort of let go and given up. Like when was that? A year ago? That was about a year ago. Wow. And you haven't really gone out on the road or didn't stand up much. After that, I I I 
have not gone on the road and I, um, I've been doing stand up a little bit, but I, 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 like I, I went up last night. I'm starting to do it more, yeah. but I had to take a break. I just had to take a break. I, I was thinking about you recently and it seemed like, I think Duncan might've quit. I didn't quit. Okay. No. I think he might've just started looking at other things. Well, it could seem like that, but yeah. it was, it's just because I, um, you told me once like you weren't getting a joy out of it for a while. Well, no, that definitely happened, but I've I've been enjoying it again lately. It's like when you get your cancer and your mom dies, it's really <laughs> yeah. hard to like. You I can't know wait until that happens to me. It's hard to like. Uh, you want to be able to do stand up, and you want to be like really like. Yeah, I could do stand up no matter what. You know. Oh yeah. You know, uh, take that. Uh, take we're the, not monkeys. Take the kind of athletic approach to it or something, but what ends up happening is you. Uh, you, you you begin to recognize that what's important in life is not the pursuit of a career. That's what you learn oh, yeah. really quickly is that if you're doing this kind of blind pursuit of your career and you're just blindly ambitious and running on a wheel or something, but you're not enjoying life, then you are essentially putting yourself in a coma before you die yeah just working on stuff yeah it's just like what are you doing you're just you're, you're blanking yourself out until you finally end up on your on 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 your deathbed so that's why you go to hawaii that's why i go to these meditation retreats yeah i saw whitney start doing that too now she's getting like tattoos and a bunch of like she's like living her life she's like oh wait i'm succeeding succeeding it's like it's time to have some fun she's got a dog yeah it's like let's enjoy yourself a little bit yeah it's the path is the you know. it's like but don't wait until you're successful to do that right it's like people who wait until this point to like do that are I buried myself in comedy i was just like that's all it's allowed but i meet girls like what do you do i'm like oh i don't know i go to clubs i go to comedy clubs well you have the the if you're going to comedy clubs and you're like filled with joy and you love doing it and it's your life and you're exhilarated and you're connected, it's fine. It's just, if you're, you know, any activity that you're engaged in, if you aren't really enjoying it or it's, then, then you have to like, especially in art form, it's like, I know the, this for me, like with stand up comedy, I've, I've gone through, periods where it just wasn't happening and then all of a sudden i figure out a way to articulate the information that i've gathered in a comedic way and then that's when i can start writing authentic jokes again but in the middle of that if i start writing jokes they don't come out that well they just seem kind of stifled and because they're forcing it yeah yeah so i have to like I, I I just don't feel I have to wait until until I'm able to say what I've been thinking about. And this last year, I got such a huge download from the universe that it was that that I couldn't quite figure out how to articulate it comedically. But I, sense. I think I'm getting I think I'm starting to figure it out. Beck said when he wrote Sea Change, that album Sea Change about Winona Ryder. Yes. Um, he was like, uh, I couldn't write it for a year until after we broke up because I kept trying to write it. And then it was like I would get I was too like in inside we well, got a process man and it, yeah. and it you know like there's different types of comedians and some types of comedians are they don't really they're not like here's a joke reflecting on their inner life or they're yeah. not like talking about like uh anything like that what well, really deep they're just more concerned with the comedic form light-hearted jokes that are quick and cool and and fun and that i don't think there's any like this is the right kind of comedy and that's the wrong kind of comedy it's just that's not the kind of comedy i'm drawn to and what i love doing is like feeling like i'm actually sort of articulating um 
something that I've learned in life that you're like, here's what I want to impart on you. Yeah. 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 I talked to this artist I was dating for a while and she, she was like, it's what I want to express to the, to the, uh, to the audience. Well, not audience, but to the, um, person looking at the painting, you know, where it's like, this is what I want to tell them. Yeah. And how do I get around that? Some pretty, pretty colors is, is, you know, the technical aspects of it. But like this fact, I want to like women, whatever it might be, you know, women feel like slaves in marriage. Right. So she's like, that's what I want to express. And how do I do it? Right. I feel bad for those people that have been around that don't care anymore. They're doing the same shit. Like the, you know, like the older comics. They're like, what are you still doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys seem weird to me. I want to be like, I want to stop them and be like, hey, or even like the 40 year old comics who like, they've just been doing the same stuff. It's going nowhere. It's not like they even like put it on like stuff with, they're just like, you're just going doing the same spots. I don't understand why. Yeah. Get, get started on your job. Yeah. In your life. Yeah. I, I, I think that it's like a, it's very hard to let go of something that you're, that you've spent a long time working on. Yeah. You feel like this is my self-worth. I can't just stop it. Yeah, you feel like it's the defining quality of your life. And it's not just like, you know, limited to stand-up comedy. It's, there's so many, it's like uh, so many different people are engaged in an activity that they have been over for years. Yeah. But they're still doing it because they, they feel like, you know, it's going to turn around. Something's going to change. <sighs> yeah, that belief. Well, in Buddhism, That's pure faith. In Buddhism, hope yeah. is considered to be a, a, a hindrance. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so it's considered to be one of the hindrances is hope. So if you're getting caught up in hope, then you've, you're definitely not being in the moment. A hubris. It's almost just like this is going to act against you. I think hubris is more of like a kind of inflated ego that makes you make bad decisions, whereas hope is a kind of optimistic passivity that makes you... Keeps suckers fighting. It just makes you think like, you know. What about Rodney Dangerfield? He hit when he was 60. What about him? Oh, don't have hope. Just get out. Start your life. It always goes back to, to one simple question. Are you enjoying this? Right, right, right. So if, if, if there's a comedian that's like doing this, the same like act from the 80s again and again every night, if he loves it or if it's like bringing or she's enjoying it, then who the fuck are we to say don't do that? You know, that's, it's not our place to like tell somebody what they can't do artistically. That's just where they're at. But if you're doing a repetitive thing in your life and you're not enjoying it, yeah. you know, I just had Lance Bangs. That's anything. I had Lance Bangs, this awesome director on the podcast. And he was like, he's done a lot of movie video. He's done a lot of videos for like, Nirvana. Oh, and that's it. It's fucking cool. He's a really cool guy, man. But he was talking about this band called Slint, uh-huh. which was a band that would just like, and how there was like in the nineties, this like indie culture was that you would, the moment you stopped liking what you were doing, yeah. you would reinvent it yourself and do some brand new thing. Like that was the idea. And if you read, if you read, I'm sure you have, you probably have it tattooed on your back, but if you read Kurt Cobain's suicide note, yeah, a long time ago. And his whole thing was, I'm a fraud. Like, his really? whole, like, thing behind it was, I don't feel like I'm in, not enjoying this anymore. I can't get any pleasure out of this. Uh, and his solution was to blow his fucking brains out, which... Instead uh, of just reinventing himself, like, I'm going to try... It's a lot easier to blow your brains out than yeah. to reinvent yourself. Yeah. Bright Eyes stopped singing under Bright Eyes. He was like, I'm done with that guy now. Whatever his real name is. You know that singer Bright Eyes? I, I barely listened to them. Oh. Um, 
but it's just some guy who does like what, and he's just like, now nah, I'm done with that. It was really good music, good folk music, and he did Monsters of Folk with Bright Eyes under that with a couple other people. Um, I think that yeah, he goes, I'm done. I'm doing different bands now. He's not done with music. He's just done with that. It's like if you travel internationally a bunch, then yeah. or even not even a bunch, but if you just do it, like even when I went to Hawaii or like when I was in India, you run into these people who all they do is travel. Yeah, they, they travel all over the world and they're travelers. They call them it's traveler. They call it traveler culture, but they're just people who just travel all over the world. They don't have a, a fucking address. They just travel. They figured out how to do it. Maybe they inherited money. Maybe they earned some maybe money. Maybe they just work from spot to spot or but something. They're awesome when you run into these people because they don't really have a nationality anymore. Oh. And they're just people of the world who like move around the world. And they don't they, keep coming back to some place. No, they don't keep coming back to some place and they're free. They go to China for six months. Yes. They go to Australia for about a year and a half. And they go freedom. Yeah. So in the same way that people like that travel around the world, there can be, there are people who constantly reinvent themselves and have like actually managed to disengage from boxing themselves into some permanent form, which is what so many people do yeah. until they die. You know me, you know old Duncan, he, uh, <laughs> he forgives, but he never forgets. You know, <laughs> they like, have rules. Why do you have to be like that? Yeah. Just because you were before. We, we, There's so yeah. many people I know did that. It's like, I'm the type of person who does this in relationships or whatever it is. And you're like, no, that's only because that's what you decided when you were 19. Yeah. What are you sticking to that? Yeah. You're not 19 anymore. You're a way more rounded person. Yeah. Quit sticking to it. You, you lied to me and I never ever forgive someone who lies to me well why you should why not <laughs> just for, you've lied i lied you've lied so yeah, what? we all lied just forgive but people who do that they don't even recognize that they're stuck and and even when there's things that i do that i'm habituated about doing where i find myself like in a in a fight or i find myself struggling with someone sometimes i'll actually watch what's coming out of me and just think oh don't mean it you don't mean it at all you don't really care you're actually you don't really care you don't really care at yeah. all you're just, you're just sort of, <laughs> you ever catch up in the middle of an argument and then go, yeah. And I honestly, dude, I, I don't give a shit about this. Yeah. I'm just arguing for the sake. Like, come on, let's just yeah. go eat. Yeah. That's what it is. See, that's the, that, that thing that you just talked about, that process of realizing in the middle of an argument that there's nothing to fight about. That's a very micro version of what enlightenment is, which is that people over the course of a nice meditative practice yeah. begin to realize that there is nothing that they need to struggle with. Oh yeah. There's nothing that they need to fight against. There's no, like there's not, they just let go completely. And then, but in the moment you do that, apparently you blend in with the universe and become just one thing. You stop being a self anymore because once you identify that, Oh, I'm just an amalgamation of habitual personality traits that I adopted from other people that I was impressed or scared with. Then you, then you sort of start disassembling that thing and you realize that there's nothing underneath it. Right. And that, Oh, it's all based on other people, your observations of other people. Yeah. It's not even really them. It's just your observations of them. Yeah. So you wow. disengage from that and then it's like, all right, well, if I'm not my, personality then what am i if i'm if i'm not that then what am i if i'm not my body then what am i because i can observe my body am i my hand am yeah. i my voice am i my thoughts no i'm not any of these things you could remove any single one of these things from me and i would still be a person what the fuck am i right that's the big question and when you begin to recognize that your personality isn't real then it really takes you down this rabbit hole that leads you to a place where you find this connection to all things that what you really are is everything temporarily inhabiting a something right 
temporarily inhabiting something. Yeah. Okay. My friend Todd Barnes breaks everything down into um, stuff that matters on mushrooms and stuff that doesn't matter on mushrooms. He's <laughs> like, oh, I lost 40 bucks. Motherfucker, I needed that. But you're like, on mushrooms, you'd be like, whatever, dude. It's just 40 bucks. Yeah, you can translate that also to stuff that matters when you're on your deathbed and stuff that doesn't matter oh, when yeah. you're on deathbed. And for example, one thing that on... I on, lost my relationship with my father. I didn't talk to him enough. That matters. You know what you deathbed. never hear someone on their deathbed saying? What? I wish I had a million dollars. It's not going to do anything for you there. It's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to do anything for you here. That's the thing, man. You it's, you can get a million dollars. It's really it's really just going to get you a bunch of fucking uh, atoms bundled together in you, various shapes. Things you own on you. Um, uh, There's all these Aboriginal people in Australia, and they just started playing Australian football league. They started like, hey, hey you guys want to play this? Remember the gods must be crazy. No, the air up there. I remember Gods Must Be Crazy. There was but. an Arab there. There was a guy who just saw this this guy, this African guy. I think it might have been um, uh, Seven Steps of Kevin. I think it might have been Kevin Bacon, some Disney movie. And he goes up there and he sees him like like throwing spears at a, at a lion. And he goes, oh, you can throw like a pitch really well. And just everything he, he could train. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Before that, you were taught, fuck, man. I, you know what? The brownie I fed us is kicking in. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Oh, I know. These aboriginals. So he started saying, hey, you guys want to play football? And they tried it. Turns out they're dominating. Not all of them, wow. but just a few of them are fucking oh. great. And they play. The problem is they play for like two or three years. And then they go, uh, nah, I'm going to go back to living my aboriginal life. And they're like, what do you mean we can pay you so much money? And they're like, I just need a walking stick. Yeah. All that money is not going to help me get no one, a walking stick. Hey, psycho. Hey, you're just a member of a big fucking cult where you think rectangular green bits of paper <laughs> mean something. You fucking lunatic. I'm connected to nature. I like to wander in the wilderness. I'm a free being. I don't want to join your cult. Thank you. What that aboriginal did is like the same thing people politely do to like any missionary that approaches them and tries to convert them into their weird religion. Yeah. It's like, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank I'm you. Very, I'm very, I'm okay though. I really appreciate And they're like, what? What? He doesn't want to read the Tome of Zalzac? Because <laughs> they're so they're so converted by it. Yeah. The way we are with money. What's wrong with it? Well, we're what we're this is the thing I've realized, man, is that so people used to worship the sun, right? Yeah. That was like a a, a, a sun. Apollo. Yes. You and it makes sense. You look at the fucking sun, it's like God damn it! What is that? It's like a giant glowing eye in the sky. If I'm like a, if I'm an, if I'm an Aboriginal anybody, then I'm gonna fucking bow down to the sun. I'm gonna worship the fucking sun. Uh, so, what happened is we fucking symbolically transformed the sun into uh, clocks. Right? Yeah. The clock is the symbolic representation of the sun. And this is fucking... tells us the time, tells us what time of day it is. And it controls everything. And we worship it in the exact same way. And if you don't worship the clock, if you're... If If you're a hippie... And you're a hippie. You're, you're not an only outsider. you're outcast from society because you can't get a job. Because if you don't worship the clock and you come late to your job, then you will be fired. And being fired in this society is the same thing as being an outcast. It's considered to be like being sent out into the desert. You're fired. You're fired. You won't get the rec- green rectangles anymore. Put them on a donkey and let them leave. Yeah, that's what it is. So, so it's it's the sun worshiping just became like in postmodernism is the idea is it's like we've confused reality for the symbols that represent reality so there's like this authentic experience of the world which you can have right and then so what is that made up of well feelings sensations sights 
the things you hear, the things you smell, the things you think. So, um, so you, you have all these, like a feeling, let's take a feel. Let's, let's imagine, here's what's really hilarious. There's a palette of feeling, right? So we have in this palette of feeling, there's loneliness, happiness, sadness, excitement, anger, and nothing's ever one feeling. You get a, a, a mixture of a ton of feelings, or whatever percentages. And, and it's also, it's like this, when you might be feeling a certain way, right? Yeah. You only have like seven words to use to describe this feeling. So as in a form of laziness, you're like, I'm angry. But if you look at that feeling, you're like, really? Is that anger? Maybe there's no word for what you're feeling. How do you know that what you're feeling isn't an unnamed feeling that people just didn't, didn't identify? Yeah. So... That's the original experience is something before language. And then right after you have an experience, you then attach language to it. And the language inevitably limits the thing. It's like shoving fucking, uh, it's like shoving, I don't know, uh, bread into a fucking uh, tennis ball holder. You know what I mean? You're like shoving it then. That's a really weird analogy, but it's like you're pushing (laughs) this amorphous amount, like this amorphous thing into a tiny container and trying to tame it and domesticate it. And then all the fights that people get in usually it's not that they disagree it's that they can't come up with the right series of words representing reality to say in the right way to a person to make them forgive them or understand what they're saying it's a big fucking problem so we did the exact same thing to the sun we took the sun and we stuck it into a symbolic system called a clock which just is a basically the said where the sun is right now Yes. Yeah. We cut up that there's two periods. There's a period of light and darkness in the world. And we just slice that up into tiny little pieces. And we represent that on a clock. And the more detailed the clock, the more it it eventually becomes a scientific clock where you can get it down to the milliseconds where you've divided the periods of light and dark into milliseconds. But those different metrics control the flow of traffic. They control the courts. They control everything. It's not the sun anymore. It's the clock. So like a dollar represents actual gold. Exactly. Now it represents nothing. There you go. Bitcoin or or all of the, all of that is a, is all a post. Are you investing in Bitcoin at all? Uh, you know what, man, I want to, but I haven't gotten around to, I just feel like there's like same way I am with insurance. (laughs) Like I should do it, but what I got to, I just like, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I got to look into that stuff more, you know, like I'm thinking of putting half of my money into it. I would, all I would recommend is like, before you do that, go to somebody, like find somebody who's got a really good business advisor Yeah, who's like expensive, like spend a lot of money on a business advisor and ask them what they think about that. I have my economist friend that I really trust and he's like, I keep an eye on it. I don't know exactly what it is yet, but I keep my eye on it. It's yeah. either really going to be really important or just a fad that's gone soon. I don't think it's a fad, man, because all these different businesses have started accepting it. Yeah, but the electric car was around too and then it was gone. I'm saying it could be a it could be just gone in no time if they bury it. If the people want to bury it, bury it. Then it just no longer exists. But it just it just has earns like actual value based on how much confidence we have in it. Same as the rest of them. We don't know. It's rep. I know. I heard an NPR okay uh, report on it, and I, I'm trying to remember. It's like so. Bitcoins are output of some kind of like algorithm or equations. Like it's like some kind of equation a computer has to run or I don't really understand it, but it yeah. pops out a fucking number. And that number is a Bitcoin. It represents one Bitcoin. So 
every Bitcoin, each new Bitcoin, that algorithm somehow complexifies. I don't know if algorithm is the right word for it, but whatever the equation is that's producing the number that represents a Bitcoin yeah. becomes increasingly difficult to solve, which means that you need more and more and more and more computer power to solve the equation to spit out new Bitcoins. So when they talk about Bitcoin mining, what they mean is that people have set up these supercomputers that are crunching these fucking numbers and using shitloads of electricity to do it. Like you need a lot of power to run the processors to crunch the equation. This number that's worth something. So somehow the number spits out is recognized as a new Bitcoin. That number represents however much money and the money increases because the processor speed required to create the Bitcoin is increasing, which is causing its value to rise. And also I think is more people uh, recognize Bitcoin as a valid currency it's it's numbers keep going up and up and up. Right, but that's 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 the that's the um, confidence thing. That's so the confidence. We have thing. confidence in this, yeah. so it's worth more. So, like, if the United States somehow, if yeah. some evil emperor got in the United States, or the Feds figured out a way to make some new law that said you can't use Bitcoin to buy shit in the United States, which I can't imagine how you would legislate that. But I can't imagine they won't do that. But if they, if they did that, then it would it. Pl- it would kill it. Right, it would kill it. But. You know, may, these people, they're very, very clever. So if if I were like, you know, behind big running like the if I were, was planning the rules that we were going to execute with Bitcoin, you know what I would fucking do? What? I'd let it go up. I'd let it go up and up and up and up and up and up and up. And then what? And then I'd fucking buy. Well, I would buy a shitload of them, let right. it go up, sell the fuck out of them, let turn that into American currency, and then like let it plummet, and then buy them all over again, and then <laughs> make the law not work anymore. Yeah, they'll probably do that shit too. <laughs> it's I just so easy. I know there's all these things where like, yeah, we're gonna change the world, and the powers that be just go, yeah, keep thinking that. I keep thinking that you're doing nothing. This is doing nothing to us. I don't know, man. I think the upcoming legalization of marijuana is showing that the powers that be might be a little cooler than we think they are, or they're losing control because I can't fucking imagine how anybody who is trying to control a country and keep people brainwashed would would allow marijuana to become legalized. It really they were against. They're trying not to. It's not working. Obama just came out and said it's uh, not. It's just no worse at alcohol. And somebody pressed was like, "What does that mean? Do you think it actually has dangers?" And he goes. Uh, okay, actually, I don't think I wouldn't advise my kids to do it, but I don't know. They're not. warming us up, man. It's like there's so much money. It's so much money just pouring into these economies. Half it's- of it, when people say like, oh, the government doesn't want us to have this, or they're plotting against us, or the powers that be, the Illuminati. Half of it, I think, is people actually like trying to be devious. And the other half is just bureaucratic shit where people are like, oh, we can't change that law because it would require 70 of us talking or or having some, you know, me saying this, and then they say it, and we all read the same reports. Like, oh, this isn't dangerous? Cool, we should just get rid of this stupid law. It's like sodomy is still illegal because it takes too much effort to actually change that law. Right. You know? But no one actually thinks like, oh, you can't can't fuck your wife in the ass. You know, no fucking law is changing the fact that girls never let me fuck them in the ass. No, you said you had that one girl. Yeah, it was a long time ago. (laughs) What'd you say? How did she describe it? That was when you were still a talent coordinator. I don't remember. You said that she described it as the first time she did it. It was like she was trying to shit out a house. (laughs) I never said that. Yeah, you did. She said it. She said it to you and you, you related it to me. Oh my God. The witch. The witch you were dating. First of all, I never hooked up with that witch. Maybe she was just describing the anal. Yeah, she must have just been tormenting me and talking to me about <laughs> anal sex because the witch you're talking about, I totally remember her. We never, and you never did it? Never. Oh. And another girl I remember was begging you to do it. 
like, please fuck me in the ass. You're like, I don't have condoms. Just fuck me in the ass then, please. Well, there, but you, you know, never did it. I've only done it once. With who? I'm not naming that. What type of person? Girlfriend or somebody you just met? I'm not naming that either. What? You could, you know me, so that you would be able to <laughs> fuck off, man. You've had like you've had like seven girlfriends. I'm protecting. That's private information. <laughs> protecting. <laughs> I am protecting. I that's private information. You don't reveal that. You don't tell me who it was. You're ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I've had girls say that. It's like I want to try it, but then I was like, I actually saw your penis, and for some reason, I thought it was super tiny, and now it's like I don't want to do it anymore. No, yeah, you know, not. man, I I think that it's like I I don't know. I've given I've I have i have honestly given up the dream. Like I just, <laughs> dream. I'm I like I, I I don't even try anymore. It's just like I don't blame you. I don't want I anything want in either. my ass. Yeah. It's, I totally get it. It's I don't expect you to like. I think and, the problem is the girls who really do like it aren't saying like I'd like you to do that, please. I think it's one of those things where it's like girls are curious about it. Yeah, but the the like doing it it's complicated it's it's like there's so many like different things involved in it you know it's like you need lubricant no that's not the way to do it really you want to jump in there make it hurt and chafe the more it chafes the more you tell they love you do you do this are you joking (laughs) no i don't do it i have done it like one or two times but really it's not like a normal thing it seems like it's more of a kind of like fetishy thing that i do like the idea of a girl being willing to do that means like oh cool you don't have any boundaries i like that yeah i i think that i think that um it's the opposite of a girl going just so you know i don't do blowjobs that's you're like oh you're telling what you don't do i can't believe girls do that that's that blows my mind. That blows my mind. Yeah, I want to tell them, like, look, regardless of what you do with me, in the future, you should do this. I don't understand it. I've never understood it. It's like... It's part of it. It is a, it is a supreme deal breaker for me. Like, I would... That's a deal breaker. Not just for, like, someone that I was having sex with, but for a friend. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> I slapped Bridenstine in the face once. We are at a Dodger game, and he told me his girlfriend had given, like, three blowjobs in two years or something. And I just slapped him. And Mike Burns was like, you should have done that. That's what you should have done. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible, man. How dare you? Really? How dare you? Really? Like, what are you afraid of? First of all, like, I don't have to, I don't have to come in your mouth. Just why, why, why? I love going down on girls. It's awesome. The wheel look on your face is like that kid who got that Xbox on Christmas, that little black kid. <laughs> and then he finds out it's not an Xbox, just filled with clothes. And he's like, why? Why? This doesn't make any sense. Why would you do this? There is so much control that you have with your mouth. Yeah. It's like there's so much control. Like with your cock, there's control. You can definitely. Some. There's some, but it's like nowhere it near as down. precise. The human mouth is like, it, it, is, the, it is the thing that. All of language, anything that anyone ever said, any song ever sung, any poem ever uttered in some beautiful shady grove in the mythical past has come out of the human fucking mouth. It produces so much great stuff. Produces vomit, too. That's true. It's not all good. But it's a very powerful fucking tool. The mouth. The mouth. And so the idea (laughs) that you would not use this thing to induce pleasure in someone that you're ostensibly in love with, I think it should be fucking illegal, man. I think it should be illegal. (laughs) To not give blowjobs in a while. You make sodomy illegal. Make it so that it's illegal to not get blowjobs too. If you're going to legislate one, legislate the fucking other, yeah. asshole. Based on how we feel, like we should live our lives. Yes, <laughs> we should live. 
Exactly. <laughs> how would you prove they never did it? Just based on frustration level. Frust- they, they do have to a learn test. how to test your frustration levels. Brain scan. They basically what they do is they that you stand in front of like a fan on low, and if you get an erection, it's like yeah. You need you need blood. <laughs> yeah, a fan on low. That just that just the wind blowing against your poor repressed cock is enough to make it hard. <laughs> I remember that when I was a virgin, when I could just get hard on anything. Some girl would talk to me all close. I'm like, oh yeah, anything. Anything. Some Allen. Forget her name. Shannon Allen. She was so hot. She had this voice in college. I was still a virgin. Thing. Are you? This? And I was like, born? Man. Um, Those brownies are great, huh? They're great, man. It's like a nice little buzz. I love them. Yeah. Where'd you get them from? Some dispensary? It's My dispensary col- owner got arrested. For what? Fucking tax evasion. But... They haven't charged him since April. Tax evasion, huh? That's what they're saying. But since April, they won't charge him. So he's just sitting in prison waiting to be charged. He didn't fucking mm. kiss the hand or something. I don't know, man. He's one of the original five. Like the the Cylons of of the weed world in West Hollywood. They were like, these can't be touched. It's the Wild West, man. It's the Wild West when it comes to that stuff. It's just like sick of it. I know you are. I know. New York especially. People are like, oh, shh, got to be careful. Why? Why do we have to be careful? Yeah. Uh, I know I'm going to get arrested, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe you won't. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just, I sort of treat it certain things like I don't think there should be a legal. If you get arrested, treat it as an, as just, as use it for activism. I mean, really, you're such an activist already that it's like getting arrested would actually be a good thing. It would be fun for me. It it wouldn't just be fun, but it would be a way for you to really help the legalization movement because I think what Obama just did was a, was a clear signal from the federal government that marijuana is about to become legal. Right. The president of the United States does said, not come out and say. Very clearly said it's no worse than alcohol. Yeah. When before he was avoiding the topic. He's, he's, I think he said it was a bad habit. Yeah. I wouldn't let my sisters, my daughters do it. But he just said it was I a did. bad habit. I did it for a while. That's yeah. a, By the way, man, I, a lot they of compared to smoking and alcohol. Yeah. So that's a sign that it's, go, it's going to become legal. For sure. The que- there's like a, a bigger question, though, which is like the places where it has become legal. Yeah. We should immediately release the people in prison who, uh, who, are, who are in there for possession, at least. Well, we have this thing in America where if they make a new law, you can't be held guilty for a law that comes into effect after you already committed the crime. So I think sort of vice versa, like, well, when it was a crime, you did it. It's not anymore, but you broke the law. Yeah, well, that's... They should release them, though. That's ridiculous. They should, they should get amnesty. You have to like, release come them. Come on, they weren't doing anything. It's the same thing with Snowden. It's like, this fucking hero... Anyone for possession right away should be released. Yes, I mean... Dealing might, might take a little more time. Possession of marijuana? Possession? Come on, Let dude. them out. Here's my friend Dave Smith said. He's like, the only good comic I know that does political comedy on stage without like just preaching like you know facts and dates and names that you don't know. Um, but he was like... Off stage, he goes, okay, I get I get that you make it illegal. You don't want this around, some drugs, or all drugs. So you make it illegal. And then to assume that it just goes away completely is sort of ridiculous because it hasn't gone away. And it's okay to say there's rules. We can't do this. But if I'm going to do it anyway, in my apartment, in my house, alone, where literally this is a situation where it's not hurting anyone. It's just me alone in my house. You're going to take away my freedom for that? You're going to say, hey, this freedom that we give you as, a, as an American, you can't have that anymore. Yeah. yeah. You lose that freedom. Yes. We're going to lock you up in a prison for yes. years. And it's like, what do you mean? 
What? That's inalienable rights but, over weed? But also don't, you know, it's, it, take it one step further. It's not just we're going to take your freedom away. It's we're going to turn you into a fucking fi- taxpayer milk cow. Oh, yeah. We're going to turn you into a nipple that taxpayers' money comes out of and goes into our bank accounts. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're, we're going to turn you into because these fucking prisons, you know, they're, they're making profits. They're making fucking profits. So it's like, yeah. not only are we going to take your rights away, not only are we going to destroy your family, not our, only are we going to take all of your money, your car, we're also going to use you. Like, did you ever see the Dark Crystal? Crash. You ever see the Dark Crystal? The Muppet movie? Yeah. yeah. Remember those little beanie things that they would put in the fucking chamber and it would suck the energy out of? them you remember that no, little cute yeah. little beings like these i think they were called uh ski slacks or sla- i don't remember they were the fucking bird creatures that were yeah. like hey he's a traitor send him into the woods but like these creatures skexies that's what they were called skexies. the skexies yeah and they would like they would like uh kidnap these cute adorable little gerbily things and they would take them and put them in these chambers where this like the energy would get sucked out of their bodies you know they would just wither and the energy gets sucked out of their bodies well that's what prison is prison takes human beings uses laws many of which are unjust many of these laws are actually laws that make it illegal to be a human being like uh sodomy laws for example or of course marijuana laws which is like loitering loitering things that is just like existing if you're not careful you will spin down that weird like uh the the thing you drop money into at the walmart oh, or the coin great. yeah it spins all the way around like how's this spinning this far around yeah yeah that funnel yeah. that keeps getting like that's the same it. speed that's it you you start spinning Love down that things. fucking funnel and the next thing you know at the bottom of that funnel is a prison cell where you've got to spend a certain amount of time and every day you're in there it makes money for whatever organization is running the prison so it so is so you're valuable to them like I was when I worked at file rooms at my law firm they could yeah. bill me at 25 bucks an hour you're a solar panel you're a solar panel <laughs> for cash yeah they made after they made uh, slavery illegal they made loitering illegal so every year during their harvest they would just uh, round up a bunch of black guys for loitering and saying uh, you're in jail now. By the way, in jail it's a work camp. You got to work on these fields and harvest. Or make the or, 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 or you're so fucking bored and scared that it's a, you're lucky if you get a job making license plates for a <laughs> dollar a day or something. So yeah. it's slave labor too, and it's all and, and and by the way, it's like look. If you're somebody who likes to shove kids in front of cars, or you're somebody who's... Why are we letting uh, prisoners make make license plates? That should be a job. We shouldn't just take prisoners to do that. That should be someone's job. I don't know. It's a classic job. You work for cigarettes? That's what you work for? Classic prisoner job. I know. That's underpaid. You just want to work. I mean, that's the thing. You want to be productive. You get so tired, especially if you're in there for your entire fucking life. You want to be productive. You want to have that feeling of accomplishment and discipline. I think it's funny when people get off. Like they're like, "Oh, he, she, he killed that that lady's daughter, and now he's, he's getting off in seven years. It's ridiculous." But like, when I think about doing like a month in prison, that's so long to be in a jail for a month. Seven years, my life is fucked irrevocably. Well, your your life as you knew it is is, yeah. is over. You got to totally read. It's like seven years is a long fucking time. It just Im- pales in comparison uh, to what. Imagine if you don't even have any family. So at the end of the seven years, you come out. 
You have no friends left. You have people, you have correspondences, you've had little letters and stuff with people, but you come out of prison and it's all gone. Yeah. It's a brand new world. Now imagine walking out of that fucking prison because you inhaled smoke from a plant that grows out of the ground. <laughs> Your entire life's gone. Wow. Your entire life's gone because you inhaled smoke from a plant that grows out of the ground that makes you like to eat potato chips. Yeah. I mean, it's absurd. It's beyond absurd. Lock him up. We got to get him. What? What? No, let me have the Doritos. No, no more Doritos. Yeah. Right. But really what happened is it's like, you know, people just realize like, well, guess what's, guess what? People are going to smoke weed. Yeah. So let's make that illegal as shit. (laughs) And they're just going to keep doing it. And then that's going to keep the money flowing in. It's It's like, like, it's like parking. It's like it should be twenty bucks a parking just to make you enough where you don't park here. Yeah. But instead, they're like, no, let's make revenue out of it. Yes. Let's make eighty bucks, and if you don't pay, double. That's it. Like, what? what I'm paying three hundred dollars because I parked five minutes longer. It's so weird. It's so satanic. It's all, dude. It's all. It's all fucking Game of Thrones. It's all Game of Thrones. We got to give it up for the king. I rented a car in in, in Florida. And it's twenty five bucks, and it ended up being forty three dollars after taxes. And there's a state tax, there's a road tax, there's a federal tax. There's all these people like give it up for the coffer. We need yeah. money for the for the prince. Money for the king. Yeah. Money for the king. What about this guy? He needs. He's a knight. Yeah. He needs money too. Money for the king. Oh. But you know what, man? You can get so caught up in, in that. And, I know. And, and, and it's a. You know, fun, live your life. But, right. Well, no, it's even worse. Like, it's like, okay, like, so it's bad enough that you have to give, like, ridiculous, you know, you have to you have to pay money to what is essentially a, uh, some, the dragon of the world. And yeah. you have to support, like, the bombs that are evaporating children. It's bad enough. But then, if are you going to add to that? Are you going to add to that anger? So now not only did this great dragon that's milking you in some way to pay for the fire it breathes out of its mouth onto the various cities of the world, are you going to like not only allow that being to remove a little bit of your life energy, which is what money is, are you also going to allow it to inject into you the poison of bitterness and anger? Oh, yeah. It's like, no, you can't. You can't allow it to do that. You know, they say in, in Buddhism, they say that anger is the second wound your enemy gives you. Right. It's like if someone does something wrong to you, it's so and it's bad but if after that you carry around the fucking anger now you have a thorn inside of you yeah. it's poisoning your every moment it's like when you break up the chick and then she like she introduced me to some tv show she's like i'm not gonna watch that yeah fuck it's her show and you're like yes. you're just not enjoying things yeah because <laughs> you don't for someone you don't even like anymore you gotta let go you gotta yeah. let the anger go as much as you can anger is 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 Anger will not. The only time anger is good is if you're literally physically backed into a corner yeah. and you have to fight and you need maximum adrenaline. That's when anger is really good. But yeah. in most other situations, it, it, you it's can't not pragmatism. But people foster it. It's like you can't. Anger is going to happen. You're not a bad person if you feel angry. But if you spend all your time staring up at the sky, shaking your fist at the fucking you know what you consider to be chemtrails yeah you know and you, and you, and you, in and australia they all know their government's corrupt and they all don't care They're like nothing we can do about it pass the booze and they just drink well i you know i think that i think there is something we can do about it but i think that the the mind state to be in when we uh when we address when we enter into the revolution when we enter into the revolution the mind state that we we should be in is one of equanimity and calmness because if we're ruled by anger and dictated by anger it's going to make us make really bad decisions and if you're going to if you're actually trying to transform 
or, or, or overthrow or overpower or convert like the greatest empire that ever existed on earth. You need a clear mind. You don't need, need a mind clouded by anger or bitterness or a mind clouded by propaganda or a mind clouded by bad information. You need the most focused mind that has ever existed on earth. And that's not going to happen if you're fucking angry. And it's definitely not going to happen. No, what you're doing is wrong. This is wrong for these reasons. That's it. Yeah, and then there's action. Then, like, once you push anger aside, you actually would look at the system itself, and you hopefully, in like whatever group of people exists on the planet right now, yeah. there are really, really smart people who recognize that there needs to yeah, be a massive um, transformation to the powers that exist on planet Earth, and then hopefully they would be able to analyze the system and then figure out ways to change it that aren't based on any violence. Because I can't think of a way. Well, that's because you're not you're not Einstein. Right. In the same way that there was an Einstein who like figured out the theory of relativity and understood the depth of physics in the world, surely there has to be a political Einstein. I saw a Wolfpack plan to like change things through um, political means, through voting and through change, and it was just like doesn't add up, guys. But I look saw at this the, whole plan thought out, but it was like it doesn't add up to what's really going to make change. Marijuana is about to become legal. Yeah. Healthcare for everyone. Like people are now getting healthcare. It's not healthcare for everyone. I find out it's just forced healthcare. But dude, no, no, no. It's really good, man. It's really good. Like people who haven't gotten sick do not understand how fucking good this is. Because like right now, like okay, like I right now it costs way too much for insurance that you don't use. I had cancer. Yeah. You're oh, gonna, yeah. You're gonna. You, get, had, you had a catastrophe. You're gonna get sick. Yeah. You had a big like. Everyone listening to this will get sick. Yeah. In, 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 I'm sorry to keep saying in Buddhism, but in Buddhism, there's three inescapable truths to human existence. Yeah. Old age, disease, yeah. and death. Yeah. No way around it. You're going to get old. If you don't get old, you died before you got old. You're right. going to get a disease. What happens is your immune system starts breaking down as you get old, and then you're going to die. Yeah. No way around it. Definitely going to happen. All the un- uninsured people listening right now, you are going to get sick. Look at you. You're a fucking meat robot. Okay, yeah, so. You're a robot made yeah, out so of fucking gonna meat. Down, so, so it's going to break down. So it's going to break down. So what happens to most uninsured people, the fucking machine breaks down, the appendix uh, the appendix gets infected or whatever. You know, whatever the thing happens, they get testicular cancer. Yeah. They go in, they don't have insurance. They have to go to county hospital and fill out a bunch of fucking forms. And they get like, they, they will get the medical treatment, but they end up going into debt for like 50 or 60000 thousand dollars right well so if you have insurance number one if you're forced to get insurance that's not going to happen but number two if you're someone who's so unlucky as to have like gotten a disease when you were a kid or something maybe you have ms you're sick you have some kind of sickness right before when you tried to get health insurance they would spend like two weeks researching you oh yeah studying you trying to find out if you'd had any kind of disease or sickness and if you had they wouldn't give you fucking insurance right they made that illegal yeah now you call an insurance company and it's like getting car insurance they just give you the insurance it's great man i guess my problem is them saying i i get that you've heard all these thoughts of why you should have insurance why you shouldn't and we're not gonna leave it up to you anymore we're going to force you. Well, right. You're but a free man, but we're here, going to force you. Here's why they force you. We're going to bill you the same amount of This is why they force you. Because you you don't have insurance. Yeah. Which is 
I don't have insurance. So, okay, so here's what happens. This is what happens to you. You have money, so you will, you'll be able to pay for it. But let's say that you don't have insurance and you're somebody who, who can't make it ends meet. He's like, I can't, can't afford this extra 2000 bucks a year. So whatever, you get your fucking hand blown off in a, when, you're, when you're driving your car. Your car spins out of control. And for whatever yeah, sure. reason, the engine blows up. You get your hand blown off, right? Yeah. So like... Uh, you don't have any money. It's you know to get to get like your to get your fucking hand sewn, your arm sewn up, and all the rehabilitation costs, and you're you're out of work, so you're gonna have to like yeah you know whatever. You're, there's every you you suddenly become this massive drain on the system, a massive drain on the system. The amount of money that you cost the system is so much. Even I'm not saying that healthcare, the price of healthcare in the United States, but then States, we should give people healthcare. We shouldn't force them to buy it. We should give everyone a certain amount of health care. We're like, we'll cover these major things. Well, right. Well, it's... If it's, you want to raise taxes for that, I understand that. But to say... I agree with you. You must pay for this yeah, think, or we will fine you. Well, like, the fine is... Who the fuck are you? Am I free or the, am I not? My understanding, and I could be wrong, the fine for it is really not big, man. Like Google... Based on your salary, it's like five grand. No, man. I think it's smaller than that. It's like... it. I think it's smaller. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, look it up right now. I'll pause this while you look it up. It's not, again. I'm reading this. The penalty starts low, but gets increasingly more expensive. Anyone can choose to pay the yearly penalty for being uninsured. The amount will be withheld from your tax return. The penalty is a flat fee per adult or per, a percentage of household income, whichever is greater. The whichever penal- is greater. Okay, yeah. The penalty per uninsured child is half the adult penalty. And 20- wait, wait, penalty for the insured child. Okay. In 2014, the penalty is just 95 per adult. $95? Yeah. That's the base. But this quickly escalates to six ninety five in twenty sixteen. In individuals, That's the base here's the calculation: individuals with higher incomes may be subject to higher fines. Calculating the tax penalty, I'm going through it right now. What is the penalty for not getting health insurance? Um, let's see. How much is the tax penalty? The tax penalty will be uh, the government calculates this by. You will have to pay the greater of six nine by twenty sixteen. You will yeah. have to pay the greater of six ninety five per adult and three forty six hundred ninety five two point five percent of your family income two point five percent of your income. Yeah. So if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, yeah. which I never have in my life, right, <laughs> right, don't a lot of people make that? Yeah. Um, which I um, then it would be two and a half percent. Yeah, It'd be two twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't. Make seventy five thousand or make fifty thousand. Twenty five hundred dollars. Twelve hundred dollars. You're making a hundred thousand dollars a year. But they're gonna, yeah, but they're gonna find me twenty, and they're taking forty of that. They're already taking thirty five, forty of that. So you're making sixty if you make a hundred, because they take the rest. I, you know, man, or, or, I don't or, like, I don't like the drones. I don't like the wars. I it, like the idea of universal health care. So, someone who's had cancer. Yeah, I like the idea of everyone great. having it, but I don't like the idea of people fo- being forced to have it being forced to pay for anything right we're we are your own people you do what you want if it's not hurting anyone else you do what you want are you against all taxes no i'm against certain taxes i don't i don't think it's a it's a it's a completely flawless system being like libertarian yeah like the idea is like hey if we're in a community and we all there's garbage on the street let's all chip in we're all going to chip in and get somebody to come clean that garbage that'll be a garbage man and we can call it a tax. We can call it like, hey, everybody has to chip in 10 bucks a month so we can get that done. But there will be some people like, well, I don't want to participate in that. Yeah. That's a little bit of a flaw. 
but it's not as much of a flaw as we're just going to bill you left and right for every bureaucratic guy who wants to, who needs to spend his budget or won't get the budget next I year. I like the libertarian idea, but I imagine it if I took seven people and put them in a village and yeah. had a libertarian village, what that would look like. I think it goes, it goes away mostly with the federal six government. People, yeah, and in, it, and in the village who are gathering food, hunting, building shacks, yeah. And there's a seventh person who's like, yeah. I'm just going to jerk off and eat the food you guys bring me and, and, and yeah, live in the house food anymore pretty soon. It's like, well, yeah, you're, you know, we don't feel right. No, they're just going to they're going to probably more than likely they'll outcast them into the jungle. or They'll tell them to outcast. I don't know if that's a verb, but they'll tell them to get the fuck out of here. And like, so I don't understand why in the micro, if that's true, suddenly in the macro, it becomes uh, something that's awful, which is essentially you're saying, listen, you're going to get sick. Yeah. We're not like asking you to get fucking to pay a certain amount to get clothes every year. Yeah. We're not, we're not asking you to pay a certain amount to like, I don't know. I don't even mind a tax that says we need to make sure everyone's covered in case of, uh, of a terrible thing. Well, it is a tax, but to force you to buy something is like, why are you forcing me to buy anything? Yeah. I'm my own. I shouldn't have to do anything you want. Right. So I want to live without insurance. That should be my right. So it's not that you mind that they take money from you every month and they take a percentage of everything you do. Yeah. You're more angry at the semantics of the way they're sucking money. Property taxes have been bothering me lately. Right. The idea that in California it's low. I think they made a deal that can't go over 1%, 1.5%. I don't, I've never owned property, so I don't get that. But like the fact, like, oh, here's your house, you own it but you have to give us this money every, every, every year to continue to own it. Like, is it mine or is it not? Do I own this parcel of land? No, I'm just renting it from the government. It's your parcel of land. So I have to keep paying you for it. Like a dock in the harbor. You have to pay the guy who owns a dock. Where do you think you are, man? It's not, this, it's not what they're selling us. They're selling us this free place, but it's As opposed not to what? As opposed to what culture or civilization that didn't lie to its people? Yeah, I don't know. In Canada, they don't force you to get insurance. But everyone's covered anyway. It might be shitty insurance, but you'll get covered if something bad I don't, happens. I, I love it. I'm all for universal health care, and Me I would too. definitely be all in a fucking... But I'll tell you this. If you want universal health care, yeah. the amount of money that they're forcing you to pay for health care, they're going to take out of your taxes to pay for the health care. Not that much. Not $2,500 a they're person. They're going to take some amount. $2,500 a fine. person. What if you just want to be lazy? Just say, I don't want to go fill out the forms. Do it for me then. Why do I have to fill out my own taxes? You're taking my money and I got to figure it out? You, t- you figure it out. Take it out every month. Why do I got to figure it out if you're taking it from me? It's like those gangsters coming in. It's like pay up for protection. How much? You tell me. What t- you tell me. You're stealing it from me. You tell me. Yeah, but there's never in, in, in human history been a group of gangsters. We're going to need $300 from you. came into someone's house and it's like, if you give us... If you give us two hundred dollars a month, yeah, they do. That's we're going to make does. sure that your family gets great medical care. No, they don't do that. They don't do that. <laughs> there is an exchange happening they here. They don't do that. <laughs> At least the gangsters are trying to make it so that if you get fucking an infection or cancer, you're not going to end up two hundred thousand dollars in fucking debt and going completely bankrupt, which yeah. is what happens generally. Why don't they just, what, what they would do is that when they said overhaul the healthcare system, it's like, hey, how about we don't pay three times what the next country pays in healthcare coverage and insurance and receive the 30th best healthcare coverage? 
let's change some laws to do that. Have you, if you watched that great documentary on Netflix about uh, the illegal kidney trade? No, with a with a woke up in a in a in a, in a no, bathtub with ice around me. No, it's not at all. It's not that at all. It's actually it's like it's a really cool documentary because it uh, you do expect it to be this thing slanted in the direction of like this is an evil horrific act. Yeah. But then, basically, it just shows how I think it's in the Philippines. Yeah. A group of people will sign up to give one of their kidneys away. You only need one. Apparently, you can only live with one. So if you have two healthy kidneys. You can only live with one and be fine. So in the Philippines, you sell your kidney for like, I don't remember how much, but I think it's like 20 or 30 grand, which in the Philippines, I think it was the Philippines. It's a lot of money. Like it's a lot. It's like life changing. I think it's like to get a kidney to sell it, to sell it. Yeah. Your life in the, in, in $2 million, the hopeless poverty. Yeah. It's like something like that. So you're suddenly elevated from the mud and the darkness of your life and yeah. everything changes. And now you have one kidney and you're fine. Carpets in your hut. Not only. Yes, but it's more than that. It's, it's like, I think it's a lot of money. Yeah. So not only do you get your life transformed, but somebody gets to not die. Yeah. So the, um, the, the documentary is sort of pointing out like, well, why should the government regulate this? Where is this if it's all good, good. What exactly is happening here that's bad in the sense that the person is giving their kidney because they want to sell their kidney. Because it's worth this much money. And like, oh, I'll cash in on that. Yeah. Because I want to. Because yeah. it goes for this much. And the person buying it is buying it because they're on this list of donors and they can't get the fucking kidney. So it's like. Yeah, a, where's, the, where's the harm? So, yeah, that's the question that comes up is like, well, where's and the, you know, you could say, well, then they're going to force you to take your kidney. Let's look at the well, ultimate version of it yeah. where selling your kidney became legal all over the world. Right. Yeah. So now you would go to the Vegas, for example, and there would be a booth where it's like, kidneys. hey, or did you have some bad luck this weekend? Yeah. You only need one kidney. Yeah. Sign this contract. We're going to give you this massive fucking check. Drink like crazy. This weekend, because pretty soon you're one can have one. Actually, it's your liver that processes booze. But, I, <laughs> but that is where it goes. Yeah. That's, I think that's kind of where the, the you know, the, the, if, if you go into the Wild West, especially if you go into the libertarian Wild West, which is like. How does taking $2,500 from a guy who makes hundred grand help cover everyone? Extra 30, 50 bucks on, on everybody's health insurance. Boom. Then everyone's covered. Maybe it'll get to that eventually, but this is a, I think it's a, good, it's a good first step. I guess so. It's the force. Anyway, we haven't even gone to talk to what I want to talk to you about. What it, which is what? Which is how you fall into relationships so fast. Me? Yeah. You've always had a knack for it. Mm. Of immediately going from like, met this girl to like, it's my baby. And just going all in. You I'm know, not asking you to explain yourself right now in like one sentence. <laughs> it's not like an attack. No, I don't think it's an attack at all. I, 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 I know what you mean. Like when I, I want to know what that's like. When I was, um, when I was younger, when I was younger, I was more prone to do that. Yeah. And I did that many, many times. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, just suddenly you're like in this thing you're in this like dance with another person you're locked in you're in this dance but yeah i over time that sort of faded away not to say that i don't fall in love anymore i definitely do yeah. but yeah but even the last one you were like yeah i'm in with that the young one are you still with her we're not together anymore 
that took it that that honestly man that took like that was like a month or two months of what of a, like a, a long hanging out period before anything happened with us oh really yeah oh yeah that yeah that like, is different than you usually you're just like boom 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 but you think it's not like that anymore as you get older i heard morrissey do this interview with this guy yes um and uh and uh, the guy asked him, like, do you think love is possible later in life? Do you think it's possible to find true love later in life? And he said, I'm 27. I've never, or he goes, I've never, um, he didn't say I'm 27. He goes, I've never experienced love myself, true love, but I'm hopeful. I remain hopeful that it'll happen. Mm. Morris is like, how old are you? He said, 27. He goes, you're far too old. Get a parrot. Morris, like, he said yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, you ain't going to find love. It's Pat, that's that fucking young idiot's idea of the world. Isn't like quoting like Morrissey as an expert on love, like <laughs> quoting George Bush on pacifism? <laughs> yeah, I just like the quote. You're right. He's not an expert on love in any way. So what, how did it change for you? How did you go from like this thing of like, I, I, I remember you taking a picture of what's his name, sister, her license, her old expired license after like two dates. And you were like, this is my girl. Well, I, I'll tell you, I, here's what it is. I know. Yeah. I mean, I do understand exactly what it is. What it's. Is it? Um, it's, it's mommy issues, man. It's like, I, it's like a, uh, I, um, I, what it means is my mom was, uh, when we, when we were growing up, she went through a lot of shit and she was hot and cold. Like she was, uh, she explained what a lot of shit means. Well, divorce. No, she like married my dad, this Vietnam vet who was, um, uh, you know, fresh out of Vietnam. So like, you know, a plane would fly over and he'd jump on the ground, oh, probably no. a little PTSD and like, yeah. but she fell in love with him cause he's this amazing guy. It was like, um, really, really amazing guy, but he was still like, you know, the war like shakes people up a little bit. So whatever happened, they had a turbulent, tumultuous marriage and then they got divorced. And anytime anybody gets le- left to raise two little boys, yeah. That's incredibly difficult. So what did she instill on you that led you to Well no, like so that? I did not so like anybody who, who like experiences divorce if you don't if you don't have like a debt I'm not by the way I'm not blaming it on this but cuz anymore. But it's I don't even blame blame is, implies it's but you, super wrong. You can't it's not wrong. you can't understand how like the winds of your past blow you in the direction of some some certain way of being. It's actually like it's considered to be your uh sort of karmic pattern or like the big lesson that you're supposed to learn in this incarnation. Everybody has these things that they repeat again and again and yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So that thing that you repeat again and again and again, that's considered to be like what the big class you're taking. Uh, the big class you're taking? Yeah, in this dimension. Oh. Like it's a big class. It's like, so learn how to like... Deal with this. Learn how to deal with this thing. But yeah, so uh, what would happen is my mom would like go into these periods of um, with me and my brother of the, of unpredictable depression. Was she dating? Yeah, she was dating. Okay. But she would like get really, really cold and depressed. And for how long? For like a month. Okay. So, so it was common for me and my brother, my brother to say to me, is mom mad? Is mom mad? Is mom still mad? Yeah. Cause we just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was, it was really intense, man. And it was like, so you, when you're a child, your first encounter with the opposite sex is usually whoever your father or your mother, depending yeah, sure. on what your gender is. So that's the first person you fall in love Every with. Every girl I've dated has all either been trying to like with me finding their father or finding 
what their father didn't give them. Yes. Yeah. And that's completely natural. Yeah. The first person you fall in love with is, is your parents. Yeah. Because it's the first experience with like the opposite sex. So it's a very, 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 very potent and well-documented aspect of human psychology. It's the essence of Freudian psychology. But so if you end up with a kind of like emotionally cold mother that you're, that you're like trying to uh, impress Press, yeah. uh, or trying to make love you, trying to make yeah. love you then generally what, like me like me yeah yeah so then you end up like uh once you find that support you then like just go like sweet i'm in yes because like i, I got it why would i risk this that's this is the hardest thing to get yeah that's it wow who is okay that makes a lot of sense but but i have and I'm, wait so if a parent gives you a lot of attention like all the time and you don't have to earn it that would result in what if your mom was the opposite, if she was like uh, June Cleaver, always loving and, and fucking there. An unfunny comedian. Yeah, but then you would you would not care that much about women because you're like, I don't need their support and their approval. Well, they, you know, I don't know. It. I don't know that there's any like, I, I cor- to just say like, oh, this is definitely why. Right, 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 right. right. I, I don't know, but I, I do. I, I ha- I've, my life has is been. Is your brother like that with girls? No. He's not. Not in the same way. Yeah. But we both kind of like for a while gravitated towards the unstable type of girls. Yeah, for sure. Who's the German girl? When you ran away to L.A. What? I have this theory that everybody runs either to something or from something that moves to L.A. to be an actor or comedian. No German girl for me. She dated a German guy after you. Oh yes, that was my first love. Okay, yeah. Who was okay, that? Okay, Tracy. <laughs> Okay. Oh shit! You've got to delete that. No, dude. dude come on, you, it's so hard no, to edit. No, you have stuff. to. You can't say her last name. You have oh, to. I'm so sorry. Okay. One tenth. I'm gonna write it down. Wait. Please, you have to. Why? Why does it matter so much? I don't want her to get bothered on the internet. My it's sister called me. I told a story for that storyteller show. Write it down. Delete doing, this. Okay, You're wait, stoned. Write it down. <laughs> Seriously, ten. man. You've got to take that out. Twenty-one. What's her name? Uh, Tracy. Tracy. I'm not going to say the last name now. Take out last name. Okay. Um, uh, wait, why is it important that I don't say her last name? Oh, this is what I was going to say. I said my sister's name in, in the story. I was like, my yeah. sister used this thing. She called me. She's like, Ari, I never did that. And I was like, oh, yeah, you did once or twice. She goes, that's not. And I don't like that you say that I did. I'm like, well, too bad because I said it. And that's what you did. And you were seven. So who gives a shit? But she still got mad. Yeah, I'm sure Tracy would get mad. What's she do now? I'm not saying. You don't even know what she does? I do know what she does, but I don't want anyone to... I, the internet's suit weird. Suit job or not suit job? Nobody needs... You don't need that information for whatever thing you're, you're I look on Facebook you. at these girls I used to hook up with sometimes yeah. and just see what they're like. Like mothers at like 39, 40 or whatever, that, whatever their life is. Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes yeah. it's lame. It's interesting to watch how they age. Yes. So, okay. Tracy, what happened? She was your first girlfriend? This was my first true love, not From my sleepaway first camp? Then where'd you meet her? No. It's funny the way your brain is remembering this. Yeah. I was working at, when I was in college, I would spend yeah. the summers working at this summer camp. Yeah. So it is funny how you remember certain things. So 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 uh we would so I met her and like I thought she was so pretty. And I met her, she worked so I went to this liberal arts school called Warren Wilson College and in, in Asheville? In Asheville, and yeah, yeah. and she, uh, she, uh, 
So there's like every, this is a work college. Everyone has to work. So if you're there, you have to have a job. So some yeah. people work on the computer crew, some people. So she worked on the activities crew, which is like, you know, shitty bands, shitty college bands would play in these, like uh, in the basements of the dorms there. And man, this is like the coolest college ever. It's like just, you know, classes where the professors would sit under trees. They would <laughs> yeah. like classes on political dissidents where like there's a college is amazing there was a class like about the school of the americas which is this uh, class that the cia or a place where the cia trains troops to like do covert wars in south america there was a class in my college on this place and and in the class uh, during the class the entire class would go to this place and protest and the professor would get arrested every year wow yeah Badass college, highly recommend it. But it, so I remember, um, I remember. Uh, Why is he getting arrested? The protest. I don't. I don't know. Like you sit down in front of the gate, they have to arrest you. It's activism. So um, How does that result in that? Anyway, go ahead. Well, it results in it's just resistance. It's like you're forcing the power to demonstrate how weak it is. Like that's all. If the power is arresting, like you know so that you get off on them arresting because like haha. You don't see, get off on them. No, you publicize it. I mean, right. activism is more than just you getting arrested. That's retarded. It's like you want to like get arrested and then use the publicity that comes from people recognizing that the government that's wrong is to arrest there. Exactly. It's right. Rosa. It pa- like it's Rosa. Rosa Parks. Yeah. Rosa Parks didn't get... She was just sitting and she, she got was, arrested? I think she was part of an actual like activist movement that was planning to use this. Like It was planning yeah, this yeah. whole thing out because they knew, like, let's get a, let's get a little, old little old black lady, r- lady arrested. And, like, People were like, hold on. Why is she getting yeah, arrested? Yeah, that's activism. So, um, activities crew. Oh, God. She was so pretty. Every, she was working on activities crew? Yes, and I was at some... I was in the basement. I remember seeing her and, like... I, you know, like, like everyone in this college would wear like overalls, the girls wouldn't shave their legs. And, uh, I, um, I don't know. I just thought she was so pretty. <laughs> legs, but no yeah. one, if you shaved yeah. your legs, you were like ostracized. Because you weren't liberal arts enough. Can't shave your legs. My first girlfriend wouldn't shave her legs. So now when girls it. like my legs aren't shaved, I'm like, I don't care. I form my ideas of sexuality with a fucking hairy leg. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> we have that in common. Yeah. So yeah. Like, so yeah, I, I you know, we, uh, so I gave her my address at this summer camp. You gave her your address. It was the last night of college. And I'm like, just, just write to me at the summer camp. And she starts writing to me and at this, at this summer camp, but it was so funny. We're so so deeply in college. How old are you? 19? I don't remember. What year of college was it? I don't. Remember. I okay. wish you wouldn't ask me that because, like, I, I don't. I swear to God, just I, details. It, it's an embarrassment because I can't remember. Co- like, I don't remember those dates for some reason. Yeah. But I could go look. Maybe. No, that's know. all right. Where, where, where would you look? I don't know. I think. I don't. I would have to. I don't know. I don't actually don't know where I'd look. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's lost in time. I could yeah. email my friend, but I should email my friend and ask him when we were in college. That's how great Warren Wilson is. You won't remember the years you were there because <laughs> you're just doing the acid and shit. <laughs> Every you came to LA with like where can I get acid there's no acid here I'm having a good time but there's no acid um yeah so we started we started this correspondence she would send me these I don't think you fall in love what pen pals will make you fall in love well, yeah, and it's so funny because it's college, so she would, like, seal the envelopes with these, like, cheesy wax stamps. <laughs> <laughs> to be more grand and, on yeah, purpose. I think they were scented. Oh, God, they smelled so good. <sighs> wow. And, and you would get these you get these letters, and it was just so romantic and amazing. And then, the ne- and then when I got back to college, we, um, we started dating, and then we dated for, like, 
two years and, 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 uh, two years in college, in college, I think it was two years. And then, uh, so like one summer I went to India, she went to Mexico on a church trip and you know, I'm in India. So it's like, this is like India, like just as email was becoming like used. So, used, so there's no way you're really going to even email, especially Did you some, go to college at 19, at 18. Or did you wait? I waited. How long? I think I was like 21, 20 or 21. Okay, I was 20. So maybe it's the same age yeah. where I got it. Just my, my sophomore year of college was like, we got email. It's the first time I even got it. Same time in college. Yeah. So, um, no way to really contact her, but kind of, a, kind of enjoying India, but obsessed with her at the same time. And I remember like walking down like a dusty path in Dharamsala, which is Northern India where, um, where the Dalai Lama stays with my friend and just like, sort of like spouting off about this girl and David McLean. He ended up writing this amazing book called the answer to the riddle is me. Cause he went back to India and got amnesia from taking too much larium, which is the anti-malaria drug, uh-huh. but excellent book by the way. But I remember like telling him like, God, man, Tracy, I, I was just like rambling about her and I, I still remember the look of kind of like semi just pity and disgust on his face where he's just like, really? You're obsessed over, a g- we're in India. <laughs> like, yeah. what? This is where your mind is going? Like we're in a fucking Dharamsala. There's like monks walking around. You can hear the bombs from fucking, the bombs going off from Pakistan. It's like, yeah, this is where your mind is fixated. But so like after India, like I came back to the United States and I hadn't heard from Tracy, which is really weird because I thought, well, right when I get back, well, I'll call her. We'll end up being able to talk. And I was worried. And I remember sitting in front of my shitty computer and an email has popped in, right? It's yeah. from an, an, a weird address in Mexico. <laughs> and like, it's from Tracy. And it was just this like email about how she'd found this guy that she liked. And Oh, some. A German guy or a Mexican? German, German guy. He was also visiting Mexico. Yeah, on this missionary trip. And it was, we are talking like a supernova heartbreak moment. Like As it, you're reading it. Yeah, as I'm reading it. So like, I, 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 rem- I, I like was just sobbing, man. Just sobbing. Just like broken hearted. Never had my heart broken before. Never imagined anyone could cheat. Yeah. That had never, that had barely crossed my mind. You know, like that that would actually be a reality. Not just you, I met someone I fell in love. Oh man, it was a real blow. It was a real blow. Did you have sex with her? Yeah. Was she your virginity? We dated for two years. Did she take your virginity? No. No. Okay. This is the first girlfriend you had. No, I had girlfriends before that. First time you were really in love? Yeah. Okay. First real relationship. Yeah. And and it was yeah, it was pretty brutal. And and and, and then like I had to go back to college. We had to go to college together oh. still, you know. So like That's what I did with Kate Hicks. I remember seeing her once and she was all tan from the summer and it was working on some like campus job. All the campus shops came together for training. And I looked at her from behind, she's wearing a tank top and I was like, Man, who's that? She's hot. And she turned around, I was like, Oh, it's the girl we were trying to take a break with yeah it's rough you have to see them you do have to see them man that's a problem you have yeah. to see them liberal arts college too small yeah. liberal arts it's like, yeah. uh, we might even be in class together it's really hard you know man that's the thing these things are like what i've learned the thing i've been forced to learn over many 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 relationships many many heartbreaks 
is that this is a lesson and that when you, all of us have something that we keep doing wrong. And that is the thing that has been sent to you from the universe to teach you how to grow up. How to not do this thing wrong again. Just to, it's, I think it's different for everybody, man. It's not, I used to say Bobby Lee would always be like, he'd always be like, Oh, it's not my fault. This guy hates me. It's not this fault. My fault. This guy hates me. But I was always like, why does everyone hate you though? Right. And he was like, these things happen. It was just an accident, but it's like, nah, you're handling the accident wrong. I was like, instead of saying, what, sh- what should I do? This guy's talking shit about my friend. Just go, oh, just walk away. And then you'll, you won't even remember it because you just walked away. But you're only remembering these situations because you, you went the wrong side. The only, the only thing that you can do. So like, yeah, if you just handle it right, you won't even notice these things are coming to you, you don't anymore. Ha- you don't handle it right. Yeah, what do you do? You become mindful of the pattern. That's it. Oh, right. So it's like, cause it, cause it's like, all right, well, you know, you can like try to change, like you can try to like become someone completely different and use discipline to try to overcome whatever the habituation is that you're experiencing. But quite often that fails, you know, that it, it just doesn't work. Like people fall back into the same pattern. So, you know, the example like Ramdas gives is, you know, someone can quit smoking, for example. Yeah. But all they're doing when they're not smoking is thinking about smoking cigarettes. Their mind is still fixated on the thing. They haven't gotten to the root of why they smoke. They haven't gotten to the root of what the thing is. What 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 are what is the what is really causing this like repetitive pattern in your life? So the uh, that so the idea is is like when you f- the first thing is to see the thing, see the pattern, and have the balls to recognize that you're the one creating the pattern. The, oh, I do this thing all the time. What? No, whatever it is, I keep doing. I keep, yeah, I do every time. The idea. So I say goodbye. Weird. The first trick, the first thing to learn, the first big Just thing to I digest is to digest the fact that you can try to rearrange the world as much as you want, but your rearrangement of the world is not going to change the recurring patterns that you're experiencing in your life any more than rearranging the material on a screen that a projector shines on. is going to change the image that's projected onto the screen. So that's the first thing to recognize is like, you're not going to, if you try to change people, be this way, don't be this way. Oh, right. You can't do that. You can't do that. It doesn't really work, but because you can't control people, so when you tell a kid, like, don't do this, he'll just keep doing it. Because- Especially if you can't change yourself. It's like you're asking other people to change, but you're staying exactly the same. You can't even change yourself, but you want the people around you to change. So the first thing is what? Change yourself. Okay. And it's the last thing. The first and the last thing, and the, the idea is you can only work on yourself. Yeah. You can't change people. They're going to be the way they're going to be, and there's no way to stop it. You can like scream at people, scare people, manipulate people. Yeah. You could trick people, but ultimately they'll return back to whatever the pattern is that they're engaged in in this particular incarnation. So the idea is like, all right. As much as I can, I'm going to stop trying to change the people around me. You won't be able to. You're still going to try to change people around you habitually. But the idea is like you just get into your head that it's like if you really want to effectively change your universe, the greatest thing that you can do is transform what's inside of you. That's it. And once you do that, once you start transforming what's inside of you, which is usually just a series of letting go. So apply that to relationships. Well, well, for me, that means like I have to let go. Like I just have to believe that I'm with this person 
because I'm supposed to be with this person and I not get scared or weird or needy or grabby or all the things that are representative of a codependent. Like usually I do when I feel someone pulling away, I will do this thing. I'll yeah. start attacking them and that makes them. And I, I, I honestly, man, I'm not good at it. I'm like really bad at it. And at I, what? I'm bad at like being in relationships. I end up what? getting. You, go, you, you do with them for so long. That doesn't mean I'm good at it. It's not like you get better. It's like I, I, I end up like experiencing the same kind of like. Um, you stay in relationships way past they're ready, huh? Right past they're ready to end. I was talking to Stephanie and she was saying it was nice to see her at the store. Yeah. And she was like, what was your problem with me, Ari? I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, I mean, I just remember thinking like this guy hates me and I can't figure out why. And I said, maybe it was either one thing you did. And she's like, I don't know, maybe. I was like, maybe I thought you were taking Duncan away from me. She goes, yeah, that's what I think. And I was like, oh, yeah, it could have been that. I don't, I don't really know. It was a long time ago. Like, that's her fault. You what? fool. Like, no, but she wasn't upset about it all. She goes, I was just but like But she wondering. wasn't taking Duncan away from you. Duncan was taking Duncan away right. from you. I mean, that's the main thing. It's like whenever you get upset, like that thing where people get angry yeah. at, the, at the girl because the guy's not hanging out with you anymore because they're, it's like, that's not the girl. Right. That's the guy. It's the guy's fault. Doesn't want to, yeah. That's my fault. Other girls, though, it's been way past time where this, you're no longer enjoying this, and yet you're still trying to keep it going. Don't worry about what people are going to hear, Duncan. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm thinking about it. Okay. I swear to God, I'm thinking about okay. it right now. Okay. Where it's not a good relationship for a while. And you're like, what should I do? I remember giving you advice once when you were still a talent coordinator. And you were like, well, she lost her job. I don't know if I should do this. But I was like, well, you can't just break up over like a week of bad. But then if you had a year good and a year bad, that's not worth continuing to go. Uh, it's an American tradition. You know, it's an American tradition yeah. to try to keep a stale relationship alive. Yeah. Marriage is based on it. I'm like We agreed, so now we yeah. have to. Yeah. And I did, I did use, I did do that. I did that sometimes if I was living with someone, especially it's not just like you, it's not just like you're like, well, I'm bored with this. Let's break up. It's like, I've got to find a new place to live. Yeah, but you get locked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you live with them. Yeah. It's not that easy. Like there are considerations. Like you can't just live with Stephanie. Did you go galloping off? Yeah. No, Stephanie was like, I, I didn't live with her. And I, that was, uh, I do remember how that got like bad in a specific way and i but i loved her you had me hate her for you and then you were like no actually i love her again and i was like oh i don't know what to do here god i realized later i've had other guys do that and then get back together with a girl and then it becomes like oh you were just venting you clearly don't hate her so i'm not gonna hate her for you i just won't talk to you about her anymore it's the fucking problem with the mind it's like the so what what the mind does is it like produces States that you then can think are going to be permanent. Yeah. And anger is one of the most fleeting things ever. Like I I was just talking to a friend of mine who had like broken up with his girlfriend and she had said to him, I'll never talk to you again. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, that's not true. She's just angry. It's something that someone angry is saying, and it's definitely not going to last. An ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I you know, I think sometimes you have like you have a certain amount of shit to work out with somebody and when you've worked it out. The weird thing is when somebody says, I'm never gonna talk to you again, 
And then six months later, you talk to them again. And you're like, wait, but I thought you said, and they're like, well, yeah, I don't believe in that anymore. And they say it again, like two months later, like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Like, well, which, what is it? It's back and forth. It's back and forth, man. Sometimes it's back and forth. I mean, that's just the way it goes. It's like things are in a constant state of flux. Yeah. So the hubris, speaking of fucking hubris, hubris is the human instinct to try to apply permanence to any given situation. And God knows I'm guilty of that, man. And I've certainly done that in relationships, and I've done that on both sides of of the coin. What do you mean? Well, on one side of the coin, I've done it where I'm like, I will be with this person forever. Right. On the other side of the coin, I will never see this person again. Yeah. Both have always been wrong. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a uh, it's a tendency that I've I've had that I think hopefully I'm to set like slightly getting better at it, which is that in, we'll see what happens instead of like this. I've decided this forever. <sighs> you know, man, it's like an American tradition to try to put a fence around something that you care about so much. <laughs> and, 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 and it's, I think it's, it's like, I'm so guilty of that where like I'll find love and like I'll experience this kind of connection with a person. And then because I'm scared of losing it, I'll try to control it. And the very act of controlling it drives it away. Yeah, it drives away more. Yeah. Like you try to like, no, let's make it. But it's like, now you're hindering them. Yeah. And they're just like, ugh. And, 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 and I. Carboni had the best way to break up. What? He broke up with this girl and he was like, uh, he was like, okay, please just don't date this one guy. This one guy that he had some like feud with in sketch class. Yeah. And they used to make fun of him together. And he was like, just don't date that dude, please. And obviously, you know where the story is going. She dated that guy. But he goes, instead of being mad at her and just saying, fuck you, he started being friends with her. So the guy had to look at him and go, what are you doing with Carboni? He's still, why are you still hanging out with him? You still, mm. you still like him? And then eventually, like, he ended up, like, hooking up with her again. And, like, they broke up. Wait, why did I say that? Sounds so angry. Yeah, it is angry. It is angry. Oh, what is it? What did you say? You try to. Put permanence on... Why did I say that? I said it's an American tradition to try to put a fence around things oh, yeah, you yeah. love. Yeah, he just didn't want her going off and doing something else. Yeah. He was okay with her being single. It's but very not with- hard to do to not put a fence around the things you love. And I, I don't blame anybody for doing it because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a natural tendency. Yeah. You, you don't want... You know, there, there's a name for it. It's like... It's, it's the idea is it's like it's the con- conceptualization of a universe where there are limited resources and specifically like when it comes to something that's transcendent like love yeah it's easy to get confused and start thinking that this love that you're getting from another person so why do you then why do you do it then so now you've you've noticed that in your life i've noticed it but i can't say that i've i i definitely don't want to give the impression that i'm like i fixed mastering it, it. yeah i well i think like there's a i I don't be, I don't believe anymore in quick fixes and I don't believe right. anymore in like the idea of like I mean I think you can I think you can pretend to be a certain way but I think it's much more beneficial to instead of like trying to change yourself in some radical and insane way as so many people often do it's better to just observe the pattern first become aware of the pattern become aware of it yes then observe the pattern. Then watch it. Watch the pattern. Oh, you're doing it a lot of times in this time. 
Well, this is like that. I mean, this is probably the difference between you and me. This is the idea of like reincarnation, which is this idea where talking about a ten year period to do all that. 15, well, we're talking year period. The current from German frame, to, the from current Ch- framework that I'm using to uh, understand the universe is not based on like a one lifetime thing. So right. I don't think that I'm I don't think that I'm gonna like get enlightened in You're this get life it next time. I'm not thinking I'm going to get it next time. I just think this time I can, I know what's worked and what hasn't worked. I know what's tended to create less periods of bitterness and anger in my life and what creates more periods of bitterness and anger. And I don't want to feel angry and I don't want to feel bitter. Those are bad feelings. Like those things make me feel terrible, but I do like, I do like the experience of being in love. I don't know. You love it. How could you not? Yeah. It's the greatest thing ever. If you don't think it's the yeah. greatest thing ever, consider this. Butterflies and stuff. Do something right. you love yeah. with someone you hate yeah. and do something you hate with someone you love. And look at the two differences there. Probably way better with someone you love. If you do something you fucking hate Go to a wedding with, with someone, someone you, you love, yeah. you could be fucking eating turds out of a cat's asshole in the middle of the desert with somebody you're in love with and it's going to be so awesome compared oh. to if you were there by yourself. Meanwhile, you could be in a fucking blowjob machine getting like, you know, with like Ivy League trained blowjob nurses with a guy who annoys you and it's not going to be, it'd still be great, but it's not going to be as great as <laughs> it would be. That's the best example. It sounds like I'd rather get the blowjobs. <laughs> Maybe not. I would ignore the guy, but it's still get annoying. But that's the Sucking the turds out requires so much effort and would, the sucking motion alone would take out their... You're still, sickness. you're the, clearly these are an exact, it's an exaggerated point <laughs> yeah. I'm making, but... The point is, it's like, why wouldn't you want that? The cat would have to be so still. <laughs> I guess you have to sedate it or yeah, something. Have to sedate it. Use a suction tube. You couldn't do it after you get your wisdom teeth out because that would pull the stitches out. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So what are you saying? So you're saying love is a great thing and you want to do that in a better way? No, I'm saying if I get to choose the states that I'm going to experience in this life that I'm living, yeah. I want to have more experience of, lo- of love yeah. and, and less experience of anger and bitterness. Yeah. And, and so, 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 so why do you stay in things for way longer after they're done? Because you still are addicted to the idea that like this love is a great thing. I can get back to it. It's easier to get back to it with her than with some other girl. When I was with Natasha, yeah. we were living together and we'd been living together for some time. So it's not so easy as to just break up. That's a pro- breakup to New York because everyone has such problems with the rent yeah, yeah. And, uh, that they end up living together. As soon as you start dating for a few months, you yeah. just live together. They're then, considerations, man. You, you can't. When you break up, it's like you got three weeks to a month of fucking shit. And you also can't, you know, again, man, it's like you, you have to understand that the, we're in a fluid universe, that our minds are changing. these flickering candles and that our experiences are also changing constantly. And so that means that if you're like, if you're deciding that you're going to like partner up with somebody uh, that you're that, that you're in love with, and and, yeah. and whatever it's whatever it is, whether it's marriage or whatever thing that you decide to do, it's the the common word for it is a relationship, and that means that if you go through periods or moments where shit kind of sucks, you're not going to like instantane. You're not going to like just immediately like end it. Because it's more than just an emotional connection. You're dealing with like connections, comfort. not just comfort. You're usually like sharing bills. Oh, you're living Jesus. together. You have kids. You oh. have mutual friends. 
you know so oh yeah who gets the friends yeah so so that before garbage. you like to have like this great division that happens you do want to make sure that it's an irreparable Absolutely. situation but you've said i mean you've been in things for like a year or more that's like no good it's still the same thing it's not just like a habit where i'm a romantic stay. guy man i yeah. if, if like i'm with somebody and i've committed to them and i and and i've i've invested like life into them which is silly to think about that because you're believing in the past but i do like i do want to like make it i do want to if, if it is fixable do you enjoy even the parts that aren't i mean the obviously the romantic butterfly stuff of like the beginning of a relationship is great everyone loves that but do you even enjoy the the monotonous like rote of all of it where it's just like, yeah, I'm there with them. I fight here or there, but I still like overall having a girlfriend, having a wife, having a whatever. Well, I mean, Ari, I, I, there, pretty much every aspect of my life, there's periods that I don't enjoy. Yeah. It's like... But do you enjoy that part of it? Even so, what? The, do you enjoy the monotonous part of it? I remember when we were in Denver once and you were like dating Mary Lynn. Yes. And, um, and, um... Stop me if I have to stop this to delete something I say. <laughs> it is but, a very personal podcast. <laughs> but um, we're like, hey, we're all going to go out. And you're like, nah, I'm just going to go back to the hotel and call Mary Lynn and just. <sighs> and it wasn't that. a new part of the relationship. You were in it already for a while. Yeah. I'm like, all right, just come drink with us for a second. Yeah. You know what, man? I really like at that moment knew that I would get it would be more fun mm-hmm. talking to her than it would be going to have drinks with you guys. Yeah. That's how I saw it. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, I'm not saying... So you like that stuff. You kind of get off on it. You enjoy it. That part of like the relationship of just being together. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Does it sound like I'm attacking? I hope not. I'm not trying to. It doesn't sound like you're attacking. It, it, no. I don't think it sounds like you're attacking. I think, you're anal- I think it's cool the way you're analyzing it because you're... It's really cool. Because you clearly like this is not a some this is not a consideration for you right. the, you're not somebody who gets into like serious long-term relationships with people no, not much and and you've had you've been hurt really bad yeah, a bunch of times yeah so it's like you've sort of like it's it seems like you've made the decision that you're not gonna um keep keep like getting into this ridiculous yeah, I like it once in a while for like a little bit of like i love you it's really great but then it's just like all right i gotta do my own thing yeah you just i don't get off on that of just like what are we gonna do man ah, nothing sometimes when people get hurt Let's just be together when you get hurt you just sort of are like fuck this yeah and it's okay barris said that it was like when you first love you love with like arms wide open yeah and then you get crushed like you can't get crushed after you're 16. But it's ca- I think that's cowardice, man. I think that it's like, God damn it. It's like, follow your fucking bliss, man. Yeah. Like whatever it is that you love, follow it. If that thing's going to destroy you, let it destroy you. Because guess yeah. what? We're all getting destroyed. Right. We're all getting sucked into the great cyclone of death. We're getting pulled into oblivion. Everyone's going to fucking die. You've fallen out of a plane that looks like your mother's pussy and you're plummeting into infinity. And God damn it, during that fall, if you're spending your time doing shit you don't like, knowing that within a very small amount of time relative to the apparent infinite uh, span of the universe, you are going to fucking splatter into infinity and be forgotten forever. And during that time, you're not going to do what you love. You're going to pretend to be something else. Right, 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 you're going right. to go after shit that you don't like. Yeah. Or even worse, you're going to close off. That's my problem with like, I'm supposed to want kids, but I just don't. I just don't want them. Not want kids, Ari. It's like not want kids. It's like you want to go and for me, you want to 
you want to go in the direction of love. Yeah. You want to go, you want, the love should be the compass point in your life, period. That's it. Go in the direction of love. Follow your bliss, follow love. And if you don't, yeah. then you end up stuck in like, you know, eating plastic fruit your entire life. You know, you <laughs> end up like having a kind of like, um, you know, kind of like, surface level of life you've only turned life up to three because the time it went up to nine or ten your entire being shattered you experienced a depression unlike anything you ever felt yeah but my feeling is like the experience life is great and then you end up getting with a person and from what i've seen in relationships you have these periods of loneliness of like six months to a year or more of when you don't really love them but you're just stuck with them Mm. and it's so lonely because then the one person that you're confident on is the one person you can't talk to about this thing. And that's like the opposite of love. Well, that, that sounds like people who, di- who didn't start their relationship on honesty, which God knows I haven't done. So many no, fucking... I feel real- like my parents are like that all the time, where they just like go through these periods of like, fuck you, fuck you, in their heads. Well, you gotta like... They can't just break up and find someone new to love. There's a lot of truths in a relationship, man, when you're like, you know... People are going to want to have sex with other people. People are going to want to like, spend time with other people, do yeah, things with other yeah. people. Yeah. So, but if you, if you more love, more people to find love with. So I think that the trick is as much as you can. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. You know, so, and that takes, you can't be a coward. And a lot of times being honest means that you're going to like, you might lose the person. So you be right. honest. So if you love somebody and you feel in love with somebody, you tell them that. And if you want to be with somebody, you do you 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 don't let your ego control that situation. You you be with that person. You follow it through. And if you're going to get your fucking heart broken, great. You've got your fucking heart broken. Now you can experience reality. Yeah. In the same way that you were experiencing reality all the way through the relationship. Because these things are like, you know, relationships are the root of all human existence on this planet. Like the family structure is a necessary component in the existence of the biomass we call humanity. You've got to have, you got to have a family for there to be life on this planet. You got to, babies are fucking helpless, man. They're little fucking, little fat little worms. So you need someone to take care of it. Yeah, of course. I guess so. Yeah, so it's very, but, but, that being said. So farmers, but like, doesn't mean you have to be a farmer. In Hinduism, there's all these different, there's, there's two different um, uh, schools or d- different ways of like, uh, what, what are called ashrams or ways of like yeah. approaching, awakening or realization. There's two ashrams. So one ashram is called the Brahmachari ashram. This is the not family life. Usually it's defined by celibacy, but it's people who've decided that they're not going to live in a family or they're not going to be what's called a householder is what it's called. They're not going to be a householder, right? And then the other ashram is called the Grihastha ashram, which is the uh, householder life. These are both considered to be valid ways that you can connect to the greater truth in the universe. And in Hinduism, there's a lot of different names for that. But so these are both considered valid ways. So they know, they know right, the Hinduism addresses, I think, something that you're getting at, which is that not everybody wants to have kids. Not everybody wants to have a family. Yeah. And the fact that you don't want to have kids and don't want to have a family doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. That's what it feels like. For you, it might feel like that because of parental pressures or, or I don't know who's putting the pressure on you, but it might feel like that from some like 
other some outside force but it's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and it's a perfectly beautiful way to live and it's a life that's dedicated more towards freedom and like uh and and, and surrender to what to and and uh autonomy and yeah autonomy yeah and 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 that's a beautiful way to connect with the universe it's a scary way and it takes a lot of courage to be like that man but it doesn't mean that it, 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 there's nothing wrong with it i think it's a very beautiful way to live but you like being with somebody or you're getting less with that now you enjoy living I'm trying to learn with companionship with a single companion you know I'm try- I haven't lived with anybody in, in a oh, while yeah. and I'm trying to learn to be alone and and thank god for like med- for like do you like it or no do you like are you have an aversion to it oh my god man I've you know like since I've been like meditating and like going to these fucking retreats it's like I'll be like walking my dog on the river, you yeah. know, and, uh, and have these moments of like the most amazing happiness where, it, and it's weird because my happiness has always been based on like some kind of external gain or, you know, love mm. or whatever. It's just moments come out of the blue where it's like, where I'll like, just be giddy. I get that once yeah, in a while. It's like, Oh, this is so wonderful. And, uh, so I, th- you know, I, I, th- I do think that like I'm learning to be alone more and, but I'm in and out of relationships still. I've been in, I've been in this sort of turbulent relationship for about a year now and then turbulence. Yeah. But, but you know, it should be turbulent. This has been the most turbulent year of my life. I got one of my balls chopped off and my mom died. So it's like, oh, how yeah. the fuck are you going to like create any kind of real stability? I had a girl who asked me to introduce her to you. She was like, hook me up with Duncan. I was like, I think he's got a girlfriend. She was like, I might be broken up. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I was like, what do you mean to hook you up? What do you mean to do? What girl? Some girl I met once. You know, man, I pro- I'm sure I was with this girl. She had a she, crush on you or something. She's an awesome, she's like an amazing person. And I'm learning like. The one you used to be with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it, man. You know, everything's a teaching and I'm working on it and I feel like I'm getting better. What is that, that drive to make you like, I want to try to work this out. Like, what is it? Instead of like getting a new thing, you and I, yeah. Imagine if like in some of our darker times, we had just given up on each other. Yeah. You did though. No, you didn't. We're still friends. We are still friends, but we still gave up. Yeah. But we're here right now. Oh yeah. And I can call you and you're my friend. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, to me, it, it, it seems like. If well, they, with us though, the reason we get back together, because it's a pretty clear comparison. The reason we can get back together from our sex. breakups is not the sex. No, it's because of a comfort level we have with each other. Yeah. But I, I do think that it's like. And we can instantly get back to that comfort level. Yeah, and you man, can have that with girls too. We're like, oh, there's something about just hanging out with her. I, th- I just think that there's something tragic yeah. about being in love with someone and being so close to them that you're having sex with them. Mm -hmm. You're, you're naked around them. You're experiencing like you're telling them your deepest secrets and you're feeling like real love for them. And then inevitably life gets in the way and the thing fragments and shatters and moves in some other direction because you can't hold on to anything. Everything's always in a state of flux. I do think there's something tragic in that these very dear friends of ours, which are are the people that we are, we are in love with have to suddenly go into the oblivion. 
I don't think that makes much sense. I have to say, fuck you forever. Fuck you forever. Because it's not working out. When you run into people, they're so infuriated. They're so angry at their 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 exes. They're so like overwrought, and they've like just they're out of weakness. They decided like to hate them. They're a monster. Yeah, it's so weird. We're like this guy was a complete jerk, or he was he was a gay or whatever. I'm like, then my answer is always like, you dated the complete jerk. You dated the gay guy for two years. I just don't think that's I don't I don't think that makes makes much sense. So. Well, it would make better sense. Like, well, if I'm living love, with you, that means yeah. that I've fallen in love with you in, in such a deep way. It's like I'm really in love with you. The and way I, you talk about Stephanie is like, dude, you don't know her like I know her. If you knew her the way I knew her, you would understand. Yes. Because when you're in love with someone, you see a deeper truth. And, and you, see, you see something underneath the ego. And, and that's, be, that's a wonderful thing. I do think there's a selfishness to it. And I think that what that one of the wonderful gifts of getting older is that you, the infatuation sort of diminishes it. Yeah, I just broke up with this girl recently that I was like, this isn't working out for you. Like, I'd love it to keep going and I'm comfortable and it's nice, but you keep going back and forth. I'm just like, just go ahead. But it's like, instead of like, just go ahead. It's like, I mean, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, it's like the idea is like, you know, I was talking to, um, I was talking to a, to a friend of mine who's going through a breakup and it became so apparent that like he was only thinking about what had happened in the past mm-hmm. and what was going to happen in the future. Never present. They'd been together for four years and it sounded like they hadn't been together for like two years because the entire time that they were around each other, they were just thinking about stuff that had happened or stuff that was going to happen. Instead of just being right there with the person. Right. So my problem is, and I think perhaps other people's problem is that you end up getting with someone and in that present moment you experience that fucking amazing insanity that we call falling in love. You experience that beautiful moment. Falling in love is great. And it's because it's so incredible and so intense. You then start wanting to, you start worrying about when it goes away. Or you start, <laughs> you know, and so, and so now all of a sudden, instead of being in the direct experience of this beautiful thing that is so rare in a person's life, you're now in the future and then inevitably turbulence happens and someone gets in a fight or says something or betrays someone or does whatever, fuck somebody who knows. And then you're like, now you're stuck in the past. You did that to me. That How one could time. you do that? Even though in that moment, the lo- the love is still there. Right. So I think yeah, the love doesn't go away. It just gets hurt. We're like, oh, I put all this love for you. And now I feel like an asshole. Yeah. But yeah. it's still the love for you. It makes you feel like the asshole. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, that's why I was saying earlier, I, this whole thing of like time in a relationship, but I invested my life into you. Yeah. You it's wasted like, my time. What are you a fucking youth. bank account? Is it a human bank account that you're yeah. like, this is, so this is capitalism. This what do you is, mean you wasted your, your youth? Like what you didn't have a good time. What do you mean? Yeah. It's just getting stuck in the past or getting stuck in the future is a surefire way to not be in the experience of love. And if you're it, it, love is something that just dr- inevitably pulls you into the present moment. It demands you, it demands that you own, that you stay in the moment, Yeah, you know? And, and so that's you, that's a big problem. I think is that people end up getting caught up in what should happen and what had happened instead of what is happening. Yeah. Do you ever, you know that? Yeah. But you know how, um, you know the drug term of chasing the dragon? Sure. When you're like that first high of the day or ever, 
yeah. so much better and you're just trying to get back to that yes, place. Yes, yes. Isn't there some of that in love too where you're like that first six months of like, I they do everything wonder if they switch lanes, they put their blinkers on before they switch lanes, they're just amazing people and then you get to this comfortable moment in relationships or in love where you're just like, no, I like having them around. But I feel like that's the dragon you're chasing. I think that what butterflies you're, in what you're doing right there, Ari, is like, unfor- it's like the exact same thing I was talking about earlier where people try to shove this amorphous thing into a category. Yeah. It's always like this, you know? Right. It's like, the crazy thing is, man, it's not always like the way you think it's going to be. Sometimes it's way different. My like... Well, when is it way different? Well, like my, whenever I've had like a, a, a profound, like spiritual experience where I feel like I've like, you know, either through a psychedelic or through like meditation or anything, like whenever I, whenever I have a real epiphany, what's so beautiful about the epiphany is, is it's always completely different than what I expected. It's a realization like, whoa, everything that I thought about the way things were was totally not the way things are. It's way, way different. Way, way different. Because you get in your mind, you know, with like meditation, for example. People think they know what it is that happens when you meditate before they ever meditate. So they're trying to go for that. And so they don't even do it. Sort of allowing it to happen. Sometimes they won't even, they won't even try it because they think they already know the state that you go to. Or another right. example is like saints, you know, in Tibetan Buddhism, the saints are always the people you would never expect to be the saints. They're always like these filthy, sometimes alcoholic hmm. outlaws. And the you see how like your conceptualization of what a holy or a sacred person might be like is actually just a projection of what you think the world should be like. And that the way the world is, is way different than the way you think it is. And if the world was the way you thought it was, then you would be in a kind of hell where you would completely analyze and understand. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful. But we want to think that we figured everything's out, everything out. Cause you want to protect. So what's the point? So, okay. So what's the point of getting love then? No. So the, the point is what I'm saying to you is like, when you're saying like, you know, after six months, you just start getting bored and, you don't know. We're interested into a different state of comfort that's different than the butterfly it, state. It sure as fuck can, man. But maybe you have to open yourself up to the possibility that yeah. maybe there are certain people that you can meet where, by some miracle, there's a kind of resonance that happens where as time progresses, that experience that you're having gets better and better, or more intense or more interesting. Well, there's keeping your mind open to the idea that, that could happen is also like looking around you and saying, I've never seen that happen. Well, especially if you think you know the way things are supposed to be. Yeah. If you're with someone and you have this prediction of what's going to happen in six months, then how the fuck are you like really being in the moment with a yeah, person? Yeah, that's the problem. When you go into it with like, well, just, you know, I'm this, 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 this. You have to like, no, no, be romantic. Just let it happen. Just be in the moment. Be like, we're going to hook. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to be romantic. If you want to be maximum romance. No, the romantic idea, I mean, of like, just like allowing all things to happen. Yes. Just be in the moment and forget this fucking map that you've laid out of the way human relationships work. But okay, yes. But when when you talk about how like the really the important things are just are just feeling love with someone or sharing love with somebody the way you and I would or something. You know, where like you hit it off with somebody and you can't really replace that. With a female male love or with like two people of of you know, equally attracted to gender, whatever, like each other, love each other, that yeah. it enters into different states. Sure. Why are you worried about that? I'm not. It's just like... 
It's like it's like worrying. You know what else turns into a different state? What? Your fucking body. Your yeah. head's gonna turn into dirt, friend. It's like, are you gonna spend your whole life acting like your head's gonna turn into dirt? Or are you gonna spend your life agonizing or worrying over that fact? Right. No. And if you did, you'd ruin your fucking life. So if you're sitting in a relationship with somebody, and the whole time in the back of your mind you have this like idea of like everything in my life up to this point has gone in this direction, and so this is going to continue to be the same way. Yeah, but we're talking about we're talking about the idea of like once it goes bad, you're like, no, I have to fight for this thing because love is so hard to find that I have to fight for this thing. Well, let's talk about it's not just like once it goes bad. The question is, why did it go bad? That's the most important question, not when it went bad, but why? Why did it go bad? Why did it go bad because of some gravity that you're not aware of that just causes relationships to deteriorate? Or did it go bad because some part of yourself is unacknowledged and you haven't opened yourself up to that thing? This is the, that's, that's the, that's the, the, probably why the thing went bad. Some part of you that's unacknowledged. Yeah. Like the, what? Give me like, an example of what it could be. You're scared of being vulnerable perhaps, or maybe you're scared and of. And then eventually she'll require some vulnerability and you just can't give it to her and then it'll turn sour. Yeah. And, or, or, you know, maybe like you're, 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 uh, you know, you've become so certain of, of, of something, you know, like maybe you're certain that she's like. Who knows? You just think you know the... I mean, just thinking that you know what the other person is like is a pretty big mistake. But that's how you find love in the first place. If you knew Stephanie the way I knew her, you would you would understand. Well, you you know, you get a lot of teachers in your life, man. And yeah. it's like every time you get a new teacher, hopefully you've grown a little bit more. So when I was with Stephanie, that was a, a much younger version of you version yeah, of absolutely. me you know and since then i've been through i've been through a through a, a few relationships and i'm every single one has like taught me so much about myself and like i think it's gotten me closer to a more healthy apprehension of the way things work but i'm certainly not like com- i'm definitely not there yet I, I, I definitely like um still get scared and, and nervous and jealous what do and, you get scared of Jealous, I get. What do you get scared and nervous about? I get scared because it's like sometimes I'll become like I, I get scared at the idea of some of like someone that I'm really in love with not being in my life anymore. Right. You know, like sometimes if I like if like you know like this girl that I've been in and out of relationships, I I think she's so amazing and like. You know, we, we've been together now for like on and off for like over a year and she, she predates your cancer, right? Well, yes. And when I, when I had cancer, she like took care of me and like she, um, I can remember like, I, I cause like I'd gotten like one of my balls chopped off and I had this scar on my st- stomach cause they, they come in through like a, like above your balls and like go in and scoop them out, like scooping out of a fucking envelope. They pull one out and snip it. It's like, I had this scar and these fucking red marks that started spreading through my body. And it's like, imagine dating someone who had that happen to them. Yes. Or imagine being in the beginning of a relationship where you're like real, it's really just magical and beautiful and you get fucking cancer. Like I had to call her and say, Hey, would you, would you date somebody who had cancer? <laughs> Cause I do. <laughs> Cause and, I do. So. And, 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 uh, um, yeah. And I remember like sitting in the emergency room with her, 
because uh, we had to go to the hospital, I had to get like new antibiotics. And I remember sitting there with her and she was like making these hilarious jokes and making me laugh and just like really being there with me in this way that was just so perfect. And, uh, I, you know, she's just amazing, but, um, because I, because I'm like rather neurotic and, and like, you know, like when I got, I was getting radiation therapy and, uh, when you get radiation therapy, you get fucking sick, man. Did I tell you about what that's like? So you're like nauseous all the time, like seat, like motion, like you're reading in the backseat of a car. Yes. Car. It's like having car sickness for a month. Yeah. So you're, so you're just fucking. As soon as you wake up. Yeah. Uh, you just, you, your energy's low. You just feel terrible. And it's just like every, every couple of days you've got, I had to drive to like right around where the Beverly center is to go to this radiation clinic where you would like lay in this machine and, and like they like, it's very invasive. Like you have to like lay in this machine and they put your balls into this metal, like steel clamshell, your ball rather, if you're me, they put it into the steel thing so that you're, it wouldn't irradiate your testicles. Yeah. And then you have to lay in this machine and it like just fucking basically microwaves your body or specific parts of your body where they think the cancer is spread. And so then you've got to drive back and you driving back, you kind of feel this, like you start feeling it coming on. And then by the evening you just feel fucking sick, but they give you these anti-nausea pills that are like awful. Cause all they do is make you sluggish and tired. <laughs> it's not even a good high and you can <laughs> barely eat. So you have to eat like fucking like pancakes. Like I, I gained, I'm back there. I weigh 165 pounds. Now I got up to 175 because all I could eat is fucking pancakes. So like in carbs, you just want to eat mashed potatoes and yeah. shit. So I ballooned out. I, I got so fat because all I could eat was fucking, I, all I wanted to eat was like pancakes and carbs. So, um, so yeah, so in the midst of that, she was like, you know, trying to be with me and she'd call, I want to come over and I would just want to vomit. Like I feel awful. So like, so you wouldn't want to be with her? I basically like broke up with her in this state. Cause I'm like, I, I couldn't be around anybody. And then subsequently there's been like turbulence all the way through, but I, I what does that mean? Like we, you know, it's just been weird. You know, I don't know. We keep getting back together and breaking up and it's like, it's weird. But she's amazing. But what is it? Why do you break up there? I get it when you had the sickness from the from the from the chemo. You're like, I just feel terrible. It's like having PMS all the time. Or eventually, you just I don't know, man. I think I, I want to like. I wish I could like. You know, I'd love to be able to blame it on her. Yeah. But I think it's just a kind of like. I think it's a lot of times it's just meshing wrong or right. Well, no, it's like also like your fucking mom starts dying in the same year that you got cancer. Your mom. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like it's a year of death and cancer. It's like hard to keep a fucking new relationship going, you know? And, and, And I definitely during this year went crazy a few times. Like I went like a little crazy when I got cancer and I went way crazy when my mom died. And like, I don't know. So who knows? whatever. But what I wanted when you were saying like, you know, after like six months or however amount, yeah. this amount of time, it fades away, man, with this girl, it like, it really did. It didn't fade away. It was like every time, like we end up like finding some place where we're together for, break, yeah. for any extended amount of time. It just, it, 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 it gets better and better. It's good and natural. Yeah. It's Why'd incredible. Why'd you break up the last time? 
That was way after the mom and the cancer. Uh, the last time that we broke up was, it's really embarrassing. I don't want to talk about it, but I'll just say it was my fault. It's just me being a, a scared pussy and being stupid. What'd you do? I don't want to talk about it. But it's embarrassing. But it's just me. I can just tell you it's just embarrassing and it's like me being like scared and like, you know. Not, is it worrying about what else is out there? It's just me not being able to expand. All right. That sounds properly vague. <laughs> what are you embarrassed about? It's not embarrassing. I just don't want to like, I don't know how much I can talk. Like when you're, when you're talking about like something. Involves another person. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think, I think this is okay to talk about because like we had a conversation about podcasts and she said I could like you know, talk about what is this? I can't, I got to compartmentalize. I can't worry about who's listening to me when I'm doing these things. I'm okay with that, man. But like, when it comes to like, I don't want to, I don't, I just don't feel like throwing anybody under. I don't know. I don't want to like, I don't know the specifics of what I don't, I don't want to throw someone under the bus. That's all. You have to like, but you're talking about you, you're embarrassing. Yeah. But I'm having to reference some other person. Yeah. 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 It's just fucking hard. It's hard. Their work. Well, I, I think that the, the, the really hard thing, man, is like you have to feel vulnerable. Like that's mm-hmm. the, the work is like you have to if you if you want to like. It's fun to give up your vulnerability to someone. Yes. And you have to trust them with it. If they're trustworthy with it. Yeah. Or not. It's fun either way, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just have to be vulnerable. It's like the we, we the idea is to dilate not contract when your eyes are dilating good things are usually happening when they're you know when they're contracting into pinpoints it means you're dead <laughs> when you're they're dilated you're on mushrooms acid some great psychedelic or you're in you're in the you're in darkness or you know at night but you want to open up yourself as much as you can and opening up yourself comes at a price it also gets easier to open up with someone you've already been open with right I mean, there's something to like long-term relationships where it's like, ah, I'm not gonna be able to have this with somebody new right, right away. It's going to take years. So let's like mine this for what it's worth. <sighs> yeah, man, it's hard. It's tough. You got to like, you know, the, the idea is like, it's the really, the male female relationship is the f- beginning place where you can like understand the potency of like love, uh-huh. but it shouldn't be the ending place. Like the idea is like, you want to start, being able to fall in love with everybody around you and experiencing that state of connection and have it not be based on re- reciprocity. That's right. Right. Because think of the potency of that. Like, you know, like when you're in love with a per when the best way to understand this stuff is like the next time you, if you have a dog, cause a lot of people don't have this with humans, but if you have a dog or a cat, yeah. the way they treat you, just think of the effect that has on you when your dog or your cat is like giving you unconditional you, love, love mm-hmm. it changes you. It shifts your heart. Yeah. It creates a, a change in quantum physics. There's this crazy idea, which I barely understand called the observer effect, which is that the scientists observation of the way that things work in the quantum universe can actually the, just looking at the thing can change it. And I swear to God, man, if somebody loves you, like if you get around someone who loves you unconditionally and they look at you with love and you feel it coming from them. You feel like a man, huh? You feel like a winner. You feel like you could do anything. my girl on my arm. 
not just your girl, your mom, your dog, your yeah. best friend, your mentor, your boss, whoever it is. When you feel that fucking acceptance and embrace, it changes you. You cannot not be changed by it. Like it melts your heart. So it's a very potent way to be. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you could develop that faculty and, like, actually pull it off around people that weren't just related to you or people that you were having sex with. or they pull it off. Get that from them or give it to them? Give it to them. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, man, you're awesome. Yeah. Be like, yeah, I am. Remember that feeling you got when you, when you guessed right? Not guessed right, but you gave the right answer in, like, in sixth grade? You just felt like such a winner. Yeah. Like I was almost overcome with, like, embarrassment because of these good feelings. I felt like such a good... That's it. Yeah. I'm like... <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Just you got it. You win. You got this acceptance from people. You're like the, at that moment, you would become like the sun. Like if you loved everyone around you, become like the sun, because whatever the sun shines on, you know, the sun brings life up out of the earth. It causes things to grow. You know, it's certain it burns things too, but like you would be, everything you, you'd become like this lighthouse where if you could actually love everyone around you, then everything you looked at out, you looked out at, would be a thing that was experiencing your love. Oh, right. And so that you would be seeing like the, you know, like think if you could imagine like the time, I don't know, think of someone who looked at you unconditionally, whether it's like your girlfriend or whoever, you can remember those moments. You can really remember those moments a lot of the time. And Lying think, there. Yeah. yeah. And the way it made you feel. Yeah. Now imagine how you must have looked like the expression on your face when that was happening, you know, Intent. how, yes. Yeah. Lying so, in a hammock with Kate Hicks. There you Just go, like, man. Oh. That's it right there. And like, you if don't you, want anything else at this moment. That's all you want. You ever hear that song? If I just lay here, just lay here and just forget the world. It was just about like, like for whatever, I think they're going through a break or something in the song, but like, how about we just, Lay down and look at the clouds yeah. for like an hour. Can we just do that and just yeah. forget everything? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot who that song was. But that's the idea, man. If you can like get to that place for yourself, even 10% of that place. Where you, you for yourself? Well, you love yourself. Oh. Yeah, if you love yourself. You start there. And loving yourself, before you can love yourself, you have to understand yourself and know who you are and what you are. And that's what mindfulness is. So mindfulness is like honestly appraising your patterns, looking at the good things about you and the, and the things. So when you say like, I always seem like I'm happy when I go to the newsstand and talk to that guy in the morning. Yeah. Like, well, okay. That always seems to make you happy. Yeah. Maybe you should do that more than twice a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, 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 man, when I was in at this fucking retreat in Hawaii, I had one of the most intense epiphanies that I've ever had. Slash ayahuasca trips. I wasn't on, I was, I, I, I was stoned. I smoke weed, but there were, there was like a Krishna Das, um, this, uh, the, the, this musician who like sings kirtans, which are these like Hindu, like beautiful, like, um, chants that they sing, you know? So Hare Krishna would be a kirtan, but you sing it in a certain way or like, there's a lot of different chants. So I was like at this retreat and I'm stoned and I'm walking into the retreat cause they're singing and I love kirtans. They're very hypnotic. They're very psychedelic, but like, 
I'm walking in there and like people are already starting to dance because people like do like they dance to these things. It's very powerful. And somebody's like, why don't you dance? And I looked at them. I'm like, I'm not in this incarnation. That's what I said. Because I was thinking like, I'm never going to be the person who dances to this kind of hippie shit. Forget yeah. it. And so then like I went and sat down and I, you know, you're stoned. So you're hearing like that kind of after echo of the thing you said and the energy that was behind the thing you said. And it keeps resonating. Like, why did yeah. I say that? Why so I I'm said looking that at is- that. I'm thinking like, wait, how do you know you're that kind of person? And P.S. Who is that kind of person? Why wouldn't you dance? Like, what are you afraid of? And then something happened through this like inquiry into myself where like suddenly like I really saw myself, man. Like I saw myself. I saw the network of rules and and, and regulations that I have for myself and the things that I don't do because I want to be cool and the things that I do because I want people to like me. And just it seemed like this fucking prison, just a web, like chaining me down and holding me to this specific mode of being. And this personality that I saw when I really recognized it, it reminded me of every guy that I don't like. It was like, oh, I would not want to be around this person. This is the person I've been trying to avoid forever. Uh, And that's when I realized that was the big realization, which is like, oh, people I don't like aren't really bad necessarily. They're just the part of me I can't accept that I'm projecting out (laughs) to the world. And so, of course... Oh, yeah, that's what you don't like about yourself. Yes. So what's beautiful about that is when you... What what that means is that if you could start really loving the parts of yourself you've been ignoring, embracing them, accepting that this is just a result of whatever your crazy life was, and we've all had crazy fucking lives, instead of rejecting it, then all of a sudden the douchebags surrounding you are going to diminish because you've begun, you've begun to accept and assimilate parts of yourself that you've been so incapable. Pushing down. Yeah. yeah. Well, not pushing down, pushing out into the faces of all the people that around you that annoy you. Yeah. They heard, I heard uh, this thing that your taste buds change every seven years, literally Whoa. on your tongue. They change every seven years. That's cool. So the stuff you've said like, Oh, I hate coleslaw. Like if it's been a decade since you've tried it, you should try it again. Because you may not hate it. You may actually really like it because your taste buds have changed. And I've started applying that not only to food, but to other things in my life. Where I'm like, I didn't like this thing, but you know what? It's been a while. Let me give it another shot because I may like it now. Yeah, it's so fun. Red wine or anything where it's like, I may enjoy this. I may like going just sitting in a ballpark alone. Ugh. Freedom, man. What you're talking about is true autonomy. What you're talking about is an autonomy where you have actually separated yourself from the habitual mechanisms that have defined your personality since you could remember. All these people, when I started, when I first started hearing about online dating, not all, it wasn't online dating. It was just like uh, matchmaking. Like I forget what the sites were. You make a videotape. That was the sign of a loser. So now my friends are like, you go online dating, you go to match.com. I'm like, no, are you kidding me? They're like, all right. That's you're an old man thinking about it that way, you know, or going to a movie alone. Same thing. That was a sign of a loser. Yeah. But now it's like, no, I'm in Tempe, Arizona. Yeah. And it's a Thursday. Yeah. And I just want to go do something. But so So I'm not allowing myself to live. What you're saying right there is really funny because for you to think that you're a loser, you've automatically split yourself into this hilarious triangle of pain which is like there's the observer and then there's the you that you wish you were and the you that you are and the observation of the detention between the two is creating some kind of like state of like what a douche i wish i could just be a douche though sometimes and not to think about it from like a liberal arts kind of 
mindset. Well, you that that the, so the idea is it's like instead of like do, your parents would tell you do this, be this way, change right away, do this thing. The, the idea is you want to kind of a lot of people assimilate that into their beings and they treat themselves the way that their parents treated them. So they're always shaking their finger at their themselves like, Oh, you shouldn't do this or, Oh, you're an idiot. So the idea is to give that up and to start loving yourself exactly as you are right now. Yeah. So that's the big revolutionary move is to like, instead of like always constantly being on the per, the move to like make yourself whatever it is, thinner, fatter, more muscular, more disciplined, learn a language, learn to play piano, whatever the thing it is, the, instead of setting up this situation where once you've achieved a six pack, <laughs> once you've gotten married, once you've had kids, once you have this much money in the bank, once you've done this amount of service work, that's when you're going to start loving yourself. When you're like this. So if you're doing that to yourself, then you're definitely doing it to everybody else. Instead of accepting people for what they are right now. Yeah. Just like, I like this part about you, the other part, whatever. That's if you thing. can start loving yourself as you are right now, you're probably going to be able to start at least slightly loving the people around you more than you currently do. How can you love yourself? Include, how can you that include your faults? Well, because you have to have compassion on yourself. So, like, I still love you. I wish you would be better in school. Like, if no, you're, if you're no, a father, you're like, I, I wish, love my not, son no matter what. But not, let's try to make you do better. Not I wish you would be better. It's like when, when, when a baby starts crying, you don't think, like, God, I wish you would just fucking shape up. You, oh, you that's ho- how I feel you, when I see a baby crying. You love the baby. You hold the baby. You, you cradle the baby. You would be one of the people who shakes babies. You don't do that. You love the baby. So, in the same way, it's like, look at you. Ari Shafir, you got launched into a fucking dimension where you're going to die. Everything you know, everyone you know, everything that you own, everything you've thought, every connection you've ever had will completely evaporate into nothingness. So that's already a traumatic experience if you know that's the case. Like, There's no way you can just easily accept that fact. It's like your mom's going to turn into either fucking ashes or worm food. Your mom's going to merge with a coffin eventually. You're going to lose it. So this is a very traumatic, it's just that. Just that realization, yeah. Right, So, but but that's not just that because the family that you were born into had problems. Everyone's did. Maybe your mom didn't love you enough. Maybe your mom loved you too much. Maybe your dad was like distant or maybe your dad was like gone or maybe, you know, who knows? So there's all these traumas that happen to people and it's fucking brutal, man. So what? So what? So, so, so the point is like, you're, how the fuck do you expect yourself to be some kind of perfect, cool, cool cucumber when you got shot into a dimension where you're going to die more than likely into a family of fucking people yeah. who also were terrified of dying and had But then neurotic- how do you change anything if you if you just accept everything for well, like, t- I love you for I love myself for who I am but I'm like but I would like where, to learn Spanish That's where the real change happens man That's where the real change can happen instead of pseudo change instead of temporary change we're talking about a real change Here's the, the idea how, why? Here's the idea If being an asshole to other people Yeah made people better. Yeah. If being if wishing people were different, if being down on other people made people better, we would live on a planet populated with the coolest people that ever existed. Everybody would be better. Everybody would be getting better cuz everybody's a shithead to everybody else. Yeah. Right? So in that same way, that means that being a shithead to yourself, judging yourself, being cruel to yourself, harsh to yourself, hard on yourself, to think that 
that's going to change you somehow into something better is insanity. It doesn't work. It doesn't fucking work. If it so what does change you? If it better? worked, then we everyone would be awesome too because everyone's so hard on themselves. Yeah. So that means you have to try something different. And the different thing to try for once is instead of looking at your, and then you can't pull it off completely. You're always going to have parts right, of yourself. Just, like, okay. just make the vague attempt at recognizing that if you're whatever age you are, you've been through some serious fucking shit and you've had, it hasn't been easy for you. It hasn't been easy. So give yourself a fucking break, you know? Yeah. But don't you still want to then better yourself? The first step in the direction of bettering yourself is to stop being a cocksucker to yourself. Right. Stop being mean to yourself. If you want to better yourself, stop being an abusive parent to yourself. Yeah. But can't, so you can't, but then how do you wish, like, I wish I was better at this. Well, it's the same thing that I was telling you, man. When you look at somebody with love, look at how, how they'll change, right? They'll change right in front of you. So if you look at yourself with love, just be there in the moment with yourself and try to embrace yourself and see what happens. The biggest love I can see is a, a, a parent child. Seems the most, um, um, what's the word? I love you no matter what. What's that word? Unconditional okay, love. It seems most unconditional. But even then, it's still like my son's great. Let's say your son's 20. Like he's great. I wish he'd find a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Or I wish he'd, you know. It's not that you don't love it. Yeah, I don't know that using parental love is the fucking watermark for what unconditional love looks like is a great move. Because a lot of parents, they they are the opposite of loving unconditionally. They so desperately want you to be something else that they, they, yeah. you're existing in this terrible family where where every, that your instincts are drawing you in the direction of who knows what, man. But your parents are trying to push you in some other direction. Okay, well, uh, another kind of love then. Friendship or, or boy-girl or whatever, you know attracted people to each other mm-hmm. yeah that's the idea find some, some but can find, you still wish they would change in certain ways Jesus, this is me. can't you still wish they would change in certain ways or not wish they would change but just like you can't stop you, you, you're not going to be able to stop anything that your mind does your mind's going to wish this or wish that no matter what you can guide it you can try to guide it but the the trick is to like first is to, to develop this state called mindfulness where you're watching the way that your your thought patterns emerge and the way that they dissipate. Yeah. And then somewhere in the process of that, you can begin to develop compassion for yourself. And, and, and in the process of developing compassion for yourself, you'll find yourself developing compassion for the people around you. That's the process. Loving yourself, and that helps you love other people to a higher degree. It's very, I can't imagine. And so, so the compassion would be, let's just say, you would do something damaging to yourself and I loved you. Let's just say it was that. I was your boyfriend. I loved you. And then I would say, well, I know he doesn't like, as someone I love, he doesn't like when he lets six days go by and all he's done is play World of Warcraft. Yeah. I know he doesn't like that. So I would love you and I feel bad, but I wouldn't try to change you in any way. I would just be like, I hope you figure that out. The idea is you work on yourself. Yeah. The, the, so and so like the mind's going to try to plan out like what's going to happen if I start really loving myself or working on myself. But it's like, forget about what's, yeah, what's going to happen. Just know, just start this like crazy process of like, of, of just playing around with the idea of for once not being so fucking hard on yourself. And then also look at how even the concept of not being hard on yourself seems absurd. Like even letting go of that for some people is like, what are you fucking talking about? I can never love myself. It's like... You it's, just see a tell talking about his jokes. 
He's like, I, no, that was nothing I do now is good. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I mean, I used, I was good once, but it's, and I think it's best, better than he's ever been. Well, like, he's just constantly, oh, that was stupid. No, was I don't know joke. if like loving yourself means being delude, delusional or, or like saying something's good when something's not good. Yeah. I think it means being able to acknowledge your failures without thinking that you're a failure. Oh, right. Just be like, my fail. Okay. How do I do that better next time? But yeah. not feel like, oh no. It's fine. Let's do this again. Let's try it out again. Let's keep working on this, man. Well, we might, we will. How does it help you find love with another person? Well, because, my God, if you can't really love yourself, how can you expect somebody else to love you? No, no, but okay, but then you do love yourself. Then how does that help you love another person? Well, I think because I think that once you really start, like, getting to that place where you're, like, a, a really purely yourself, I think loving yourself is really the same way of saying finding yourself. Yeah. And once you, once you like, have, have like, really actualized yourself in that way, I think all human relationships are going to uh, improve no matter what I, I don't know Ari because I haven't like fully like reached that state but I do know that um, that I have found more harmony in my life than I ever have experienced uh, on and off certainly followed by periods of chaos and turbulence it's just all part of it man this is like ramdas describes it as like uh floating in the ocean like sometimes you're on a a wave that goes up and you can see the land and sometimes it sinks down and you just feel like you're in the middle of like a great confusing ocean it's a waveform and when you're at the bottom of the waveform the idea is instead of like being like what's wrong with me how fucking am i i'm here again i'm always here again instead of being like that just being like oh look at this here we are all right, let's look at the way I feel right now. Oh, I feel lonely. Oh, I feel scared. Oh, I'm shut down. Wow, I'm being a real dick right now. And then when you're at the top of the waveform, you're like, oh, okay, look, things are going great for us. How are we now? Oh, I'm trying to control this. Oh, I don't want it to go away. I hope I don't fuck up. Yeah. So you just start, you just learn that. That's all. Just learn that. Don't try to change it. Just learn. This is happening. Here's the pattern. And then somehow just the very observation of the pattern itself. Yeah, I do that when I get mad at someone for not picking me up at the airport. I'm like, I've been late for picking people up at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get mad at somebody who's late, instead of like, just look at the way you get mad. Just watch the way it happens. And if you can't control the anger and you yell at them, watch it. Look at the way you yell. So much of what people do is exactly like their heartbeat. You're not aware of your heartbeat. It just beats down there. You don't do anything yeah. about it. It's just fucking down there. It's doing its own thing. In the same way, so many people are in this seizure of habit. They're not watching themselves. They're just fully engaged in the thing, like a dog barking at anything that goes by. So the idea is like, just first, just begin to watch the seizure. Look at the sleepwalk. Look at the way you're sleepwalking through life. Just watch it. And just that alone begins to you know, wake you up just a little bit and waking up a little bit when you've been sleepwalking your whole fucking life is psychedelic and awesome and really fun. Yeah. We got sidetracked off love. Into self-improvement. Same thing, man. Same thing. It's the same thing. Why? Well, because love is, is love is the ultimate way to improve yourself. What do you mean? Loving yourself is the first step in truly improving yourself in the most incredible way. That's the first step. What's the second step? 
there isn't a second step. <laughs> There's just one step. <laughs> just loving yourself and you don't prove yourself. Just love yourself. Forget about what happens, man. What's this project? What are you, a fucking sailboat? Are you just fucking love yourself? Like, why Appreciate are you? The what are you renovating? What are you, a condo in Miami? <laughs> just fucking love yourself instead of improving. Love yeah. yourself. Yeah. Just play around with it. If you can do it, man, those moments where you can really start embracing these patterns instead of beating yourself up for them for your whole fucking life, man, it gre- it brings a kind of humor into it. It brings a kind of warmth into it that wasn't there before. It It's hard for it to be as sinister. The knife edge like dulls just a little bit, just enough. So it's like, ah, fuck, man, look at this. You know? How does this help you love a specific other person? Well... I think that I th- I think that the the idea is if you if you haven't addressed everything that you are yeah and you're rejecting certain parts of yourself right yeah so too you probably reject certain parts of them no oh. if you're rejecting certain parts of yourself how the fuck do you expect them to not reject these certain parts of yourself yeah you know what i mean like you can't even like that part of yourself you know what i mean like so you're the you're the closest person to you in the universe you're hoping but they still might they still do appreciate maybe they will but you know man if you really have truly embraced yourself you're not going to be hiding from a person you know like if there are parts of yourself that you can't accept you're definitely going to hide them from the person that you're around yeah but you're talking about i'm talking about a specific person that you love not just like i'll love all men and women better if i love myself you're talking about, I'm talking about like a specific person. You're dating. Yes, the person you're dating. Yeah. So like when you're around somebody who's like confident and fully who they are, you, yeah. they don't get the sense that they're trying to like mm-hmm. be Put someone else. Show. Yeah. It's so easy to be around them. Yeah. And I think that's a product of a byproduct of like someone who's embraced themselves, you know, it's like fully themselves. They're like, yeah, this is me. I've surrendered to it. This is me. You become magnetic. The people I've met who like have spent like their lives, like, you know, on a spiritual path, man, they're the most magnetic beings ever. Yeah. And you want to fall in love with them. It's not like you want to fall in love with them. It's just like when you're around them, you feel love. You feel loved. You know, you, when you're around them, you feel loved. You just feel it. Because they love themselves. So they're just like. I think that they've, it's not that they, I mean, this is where it's, it gets like kind of like hippy dippy, I guess. But it's not that they love themselves. It's that they are love. They've become love. The idea is like what we are is love. Yeah. That's it one universal consciousness that manifests when it ha- comes into contact with human neurology the word we use to describe that full of love relationship is the feeling of love and you would have to have that from everyone not just one person what's that you'd have to have that for like every human you come in contact with well, not I, for one well, person well, particular that is what you are you're a, you know, you're, you're kind of like a, uh, there's a lot of different ways to put it, but it's like, there's a field of consciousness yeah. and that field of consciousness is a transcendent, infinite field that comes in contact with human neurology in the same way a radio transmission comes in contact with a radio and that, that, um, what you actually are is this, this kind of undifferentiated love state. But like the idea that, okay, I've become love. I, I know myself. I know who I am. 
and I appreciate myself just who I am. Yes. How does it help me work it out with this one person that I'm in love with? How the fuck do I know, man? Try it and get back to me. (laughs) 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 You tell me, man. I don't know. You know, who knows? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you're single. I'm single, man. But, but, but I, I have learned, I have learned a lot about like losing. Yeah. I've learned a lot about how like in a relationship, the attempt to win. The winning. That's what it's a sign. It's a sign that you really are like on a bad path. You did this so I could do this. Whoa, whoa. whoa, Why are you trying to get back at me? Yeah. So I'm getting pretty good at losing in relationships. Like I'm getting pretty good at like. Just taking the loss. Moving on. Not moving on. I'm saying in the, in the midst of a relationship, giving up the part of my ego. Yeah. That's trying to like maintain victory victory yeah you lose it's that great song hallelujah if you heard that song hallelujah you should play uh-huh. do you play songs on this podcast yeah. you should play that song man it's the ultimate it's from grace what from grace from Jeff Gr- buckley yes that yeah of it. yeah it's great it's a great description of what it is it's not this fucking it's not victory man it's not about winning yeah not in this world, anyway. Why do you break up? Why do people break up with people? It because happens. Because still part of winning. It just happens, man. How does Hallelujah describe it? Is that the song you said? Yeah. I don't know. Let's look up the lyrics. It's great. It's great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah lyrics. Yeah, it's pretty good. Jeff Buckley. Hallelujah. Let's wait. It's a Leonard Cohen rewrite. Hallelujah. Cover up. Leonard Cohen. Rewrite. Hold on. Um, Jeff Buckley lyrics. Leonard Cohen lyrics. Okay. Let's see. Let's read it. I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the the Lord, Lord. but you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. That's just musical terms. Baffled king composing hallelujah. This is, the baffled king is David, King David, trying to figure out how to compose this song that pleased the Lord. Yeah. Maybe there's a God, I'm just skipping through. Maybe there's a God above, but all I've learned from love was how to shoot at someone who outdrew you. It's not a cry you can hear at night. It's not somebody who has seen the light. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. That's pretty good. What does that mean? It means that it's not this fucking like perfect romantic paradise pleasure thing. It's like, it's like, it's, you get your heart broken. Yeah. You get your fucking heart broken. This is like this cool thing Jack Cornfield talks about. Uh, some rabbi would have his students like put the scriptures on their heart or something when they were memorizing them. And they asked him like, why do you have us do this? And he says, so that maybe when your heart breaks, they'll fall in. (laughs) 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 Isn't that cool? I guess so. But I'd be like, Rabbi, that's not the way it works when your heart breaks. It's symbolic, Ari. (laughs) That's what I'd say to you. It's symbolic, idiot. Why are we doing the fucking... Because it's a symbolic thing, man. That's the idea. The idea is like those fucking moments that your goddamn heart gets shattered and you find yourself laying like a 
beached fish. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, That's when you're experiencing the truth. Yeah. You're in the presence of the truth and you're so trying to avoid it. And those are the times where you can have like some massive. She doesn't love me. <sighs> She's with someone else. How yeah. could she love someone else more than me? That, but in, in all those moments, you're like experiencing truth and truth is only pushing all of us in the direction of surrendering to love. <laughs> when I broke up with Natasha, I just imagined her with other guys. I was all like, right away. I was like, you must be with this guy. You must be with that guy. <laughs> like, it was so yeah, hard. It's hard, man. I've got to pee. <laughs> yeah, me too. Let's just finish. Okay. All right, we're done. Hare uh, Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Well, you want to do like podcast or anything? Duncan has his own podcast. Duncan Trussell Family Hour. DuncanTrussell.com. Thank you. I got to go pee. I'm going to piss myself. Okay. Don't piss yourself. If I lay here If I just lay here Would you lie with me and just forget the world Boom, boom, boom That's the episode Thanks, Duncan Thanks for making me do all the editing That's definitely what I wanted to do A bunch of editing um, I put that uh, Eep Up or Ah uh, song in there When he wanted me to do another edit I put a whistle over one And I put Violent Femmes over another and um, I'll go out with the entire song from uh, Jeff Buckley, Grace, for Hallelujah. But uh, that was that song. Uh, fucking who sang it? Snow Patrol. That we just heard. Man, I think that's one of the most romantic like lyrics of all time. If I just lay here and just forget the world. It's such a great... If I lay here... Um, Something I want to talk about real quick before uh, I leave. If I lay here, lyrics. I want to see what this is. Look at this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Tell me this isn't cool. I mean, I'm not such a romantic guy, but fuck, man. This is great. Um, if I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie with me and just forget the world? Man, sometimes that's all you want with a girl. Just lay down, put your head on my shoulder, and let's just lay here. Forget all our problems. Man, that's romance. Uh, so here's what I wanted to say. This week, I put up a, a tweet uh, because something that happened in the news that I was really uh, interested in. CVS, the drugstore chain CVS, um, has recently, by the way, February 27th, next Storyteller show in the Improv in LA. $5 tickets. Go get them right now. I changed the cover thing so the service charge is only $1 instead of 4 which they wanted. Come on, companies, get normal. So $5 with a $1 service charge. Romance is the topic. February 27th at the Improv in Los Angeles. Back to the Improv, to a regular show at the Improv. Um, and don't forget about Chicago. But so here's what I did. February 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And don't forget Shroomfest, August 9th, 10th, and 11th. Um, CVS has said that by October, I think, they are going to completely be out of the tobacco game. They're not selling tobacco products anymore. And for the first time when I heard that, I realized like, oh, we're all shitting, I do anyway, shit on the tobacco companies 
for intentionally trying to addict people to what they later realized I'm sorry, earlier had realized was an addictive, was a dangerous product. So it wasn't like they were addicting people when they didn't know it was dangerous. Once they knew it was dangerous, then they were trying to think of new ways to addict people to a, to a deadly substance. And I thought, well, that's terrible, but I never really thought to turn the finger on the people who are selling it. Like, why are the drug stores selling it? Especially with CVS, it's always about health. So anyway, I put up a post. I said, hey, great job, CVS. And I got, a lot of people said yes, agreed with me, but then I got a surprising amount of people who online just shit on CVS. Just say, oh, they still sell soft drinks though. They still sell snacks. They still sell, you know, pretzels and popcorn and peanuts. Those are all the wrong terms. Potato chips. So it's not like they're much better. Guys, here's the deal. When somebody does a good thing, just appreciate the good thing. Don't start looking at what else they can, they've done wrong. Just appreciate the good thing. This is someone going out of their way to say we may lose a, a bunch of money. They say maybe $2 billion a year is what they'll lose. And I got a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, but they're going to get all this extra uh, health care uh, subsidies. And they're going to get all this business from all these healthy people. So trust me, they're doing it for a reason. Listen, if you get a profit off no longer pandering death – then that's okay. You should get a profit off that. If you make a decision for the safety of your, of your customers, and forget what else they do, this decision was safe for their customers, then yeah, that's awesome. You should get a, a nice big chunk of money from some reward. That's what I would like to see. People would go out of their way to get rewarded. Guys, no matter what it is in life, when you see a good thing, just appreciate the good thing. If somebody gives charity to a bum, don't say, oh, but you can't give charity to all the other bums, huh? Oh, yeah, the other bums don't matter to you at all, do they? Fucking self-absorbed, think you do one thing and all of a sudden it's better. It's nice. You gave charity. Why don't you shit on Walgreens who's not doing it? Why don't you shoot on Target or one of the other companies that's not doing it? Don't take the time when somebody actually goes out of their way to do something nice. Don't take that moment to shit on them. Let that nice thing go. And if you don't, that's what being negative is. I even told somebody that. I was like, dude, you're being negative. He's like, why? Because I'm pointing out the truth? like, yeah, because you're pointing out the truth, the negative truth in a time when no one's looking for it. Dude, cool car. Ah, I got shitty gas mileage, though. Oh, relax, bro. Get your head out of the fucking negative gutter. Anyway, thank you, HuluPlus.com uh, slash Ari, two-week free trial for supporting us and the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you, Duncan Trussell. Don't forget to check out his podcast, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. It's a wonderful podcast, and he has a lot of fans. They show up with their T-shirts. I have a new T-shirt, by the way. The 2014 tour shirt is on sale now for pre-order, which we might end. We might end the pre-order like right away and just start shipping them out. So hurry up. If you want those free stickers, uh, hurry up and get it. Once we start sending them out, the free stickers go away. And um, yeah, Chicago, Tempe, San Jose just got added um, the 20th through the 23rd or 4th of uh, March. But listen... Here's what I wanted to tell you guys. I wanted to promote somebody else's dates. Kreischer, Diaz, and Segura. These are all guys you should see. So, Boston. 
And New Jersey has Joey Diaz. Boston, February 27th, 28th, and March 1st. New Jersey's Chess Factory, March 6th, 7th, and 8th. Go see him there. Burke Kreischer, Omaha Funny Bone, February... Oh, we're way past that. Syracuse Funny Bone, February 14th, 15th, and 16th. Syracuse. And then he's got nothing, man. Where's all his fucking dates, man, for Kreischer? Wow, weird. Um... And then in March, he's got Pittsburgh, Chicago at the Improv, which is not really Chicago, West Palm, and Toledo. And then Tom Segura, Chicago Improv, this weekend, February 13th through the 16th. Charlie Goodnight's in Raleigh, February 27th through March 1st. And Tacoma, March 6th, 7th, and 8th. I believe I'm going to be doing a 420 show at the Comedy Store. A Store 20 show that I'm going to try to work out the details of tonight. We'll see. So keep that date open. Um, maybe I'll do Maybe I'll go down there with Tom and Christina and go do podcasts with both of them together, being married or something. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. And it's going to be warm. I'll go over there and just walk by the beach with their stupid dog. All right, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode 153. Love the Valentine's, the inadvertent Valentine's Day episode with Tuck and Trussell. Over and out. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Get my get my new tour shirt, or I'll have them uh, coming. When I'm, first available ones are going to be in Chicago at the Improv. Uh, not the Improv, at Zanies. Rosemont on Friday, downtown, Saturday, Sunday. Bye! Oh, and now we will hear this song by Jeff Buckley. I first got into this when uh, I went down to San Diego, when I was going down there on like Wednesdays to just do a spot, do six minutes. I'd drive all the way down there, then drive all the way back to do a real crowd. And I stopped by the skate shop. I was buying a lot of skate clothes then when I was into my poser days. Before I knew how to skate. Maybe I just learned how to skate. But uh, I had a little bit of money from commercials. It was like a good commercial period. And so I'd, I'd rack up $17 cool skate shirts. Um, and I went to this skate company that's closed now. And some girl working behind the counter, who she owned the place, some woman, she asked me what I was listening to. And I don't really get that social. But I was like, you know, I told her. And then she, she told me about Jeff Buckley. And she told me all about him and how he died in a a swimming accident and um, how great his music was. And, and this song obviously stood out on the album. It's one of everybody's favorites if you listen to Grace. So since Duncan brought it up, I figure we'll go out with it. Why not? Entire song, right? Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, yeah, this song is about love of God, maybe. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Jeff Buckley, Grace, 153, over.
secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this: the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift. The baffled king composing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof. Her beauty in the moonlight overthrew you. She tied you to a kitchen chair. She broke your throat and she cut your hair. And from your lips she drew the hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Baby, I've been here before. I've seen this room and I've walked this floor. You know, I used to live alone before I knew you. And I've seen your flag on the marble arch. And love is not a victory march. It's a call and it's a broken hallelujah.
Hallelujah. 